Islamic terrorists planned the September 11, 2001 attack from the caves of Afghanistan. In October 2001, America bombed that nation and stayed for 20 years thereafter to ensure no safe haven for terrorists would be reestablished in Afghanistan. The U.S. went from fighting the Taliban to giving this brutal enemy an $85 billion state-of-the-art military courtesy of the United States taxpayer in the worst military withdrawal in memory. After 20 years, thousands of American lives lost and trillions of dollars spent, it is difficult for me to say these words. Joe Biden surrendered to Taliban terrorists. Under President Trump, America drew down the number of our military in Afghanistan to 2,500 U.S. soldiers. The Afghanistan government knew they needed to comply with a set of requirements before the U.S. final withdrawal. For 20 years, we had trained and equipped an army of 300,000 Afghan soldiers. Then one August day in 2021, Joe Biden bizarrely ordered the United States military to drop everything and in the middle of the night and without warning, leave Afghanistan with over 10,000 unprotected American civilians left behind, stranded in Afghanistan. It was a monstrous decision. Biden had no plan in place to protect or remove Americans from Afghanistan and no warning to our allies or neighboring nations of his immediate unilateral withdrawal. The Taliban, by the way, is our enemy. Joe Biden had no plan to secure and maintain the United States Embassy in Kabul. It is the second most expensive embassy in the world. Let it be said, the Taliban, the Taliban did not defeat America. Joe Biden intentionally chose to surrender American civilians and American assets to the Taliban. Biden surrendered $85 billion in funding to the Afghan army, including military equipment, uniforms, aircraft, manuals, and ammunition. This included 600,000 U.S. weapons, 75,000 vehicles, 200 aircraft, including more Black Hawk helicopters than Australia possesses. He surrendered all U.S.-built bases in Afghanistan before the United States could use them to secure safe passage of American citizens out of Afghanistan. Most importantly, Joe Biden surrendered America's superpower status on the world stage, and no one knows why. September 11th, 2001 was a day of asymmetrical warfare. For the price of plane tickets and box cutters, 19 Islamic assassins brought down the New York City World Trade Center towers, plowed a jet filled with innocent human life into the Pentagon, and drove another into the ground at Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Over 3,000 innocent Americans were killed that day, and thus began our 20-year war on global terrorism. When the war began, the United States was the greatest economic and military superpower the world had ever known. Today, the United States is seen as defeated 
and is no longer able to claim superpower status in the face of this inexplicable betrayal of surrender to terrorists incapable of defeating the United States in conventional warfare. Joe Biden kept locked away the finest military equipment and chose not to use it to defeat the Taliban. Yes, the United States still maintains military weaponry superiority. We have warehouses filled with weaponry, but the problem is all that firepower over 20 years didn't win a war against Islamic fighters with pickup trucks and AR-15s. Why? It doesn't make sense. The defeat had nothing to do with our weapons and weapon superiority. It had everything to do with the lack of American political will by our politicians and a la the lack of a political plan to win this war. Under Joe Biden, America's longest war is over and the United States lost. For 20 years, official Washington DC and the military elite establishment chose to falsely explain our enemy. They refused to identify or understand the actual belief system of our enemy. And what's more, by the end of the global war on terror, official Washington had redefined who the enemy is. The ruling elite saw the United States as an oppressor nation. That's the essence of critical race theory. Americans are the bad guys and non-Americans are in need of empathy and being understood. The elites portray non-Americans as the victims of oppressor America. In the scheme of official Washington, it was perfectly logical for the American former superpower to surrender to Islamic terrorists who practiced, they proclaimed, a religion of peace. In Congress, I asked the commander in charge of the conflict to come to my office, whereupon I asked him what victory looked like in the global war on terror. He was embarrassed at my question, and after looking at me with a combination of know-it-all pity, contempt, and condescension said, victory isn't our objective. Let that sink in. Victory isn't our objective. If that's what they think, then why were we there? Why were American soldiers sent to die? Why were we spending trillions of dollars on a war the elites did not intend to win? At that moment, I knew we were in trouble and I knew that's why we were still in Afghanistan losing. The great warrior Sun Tzu was right in his classic book, The Art of War. To win war, one must first know themselves and second, they needed to know their enemy. Official Washington and our military elites chose to create a fantasy, non-existent profile of our enemy. So clueless were they in the midst of American withdrawal they flew the gay pride flag and touted gay pride month to the Taliban, the Taliban that tortures and kills gays. Official Washington provoked the enemy even while they were surrendering and making their way to the exits. The Biden team chose to redefine what America is when the Pentagon chose to teach our troops to be woke through critical race theory and they chose to reject victory as the goal of war by creating such a bizarre shambles of their surrender that it appears to have been planned chaos 
designed to give America a global black eye. Before Joe Biden became commander in chief over the Afghan war, there hadn't been an American death in Afghanistan for 18 months under the leadership of President Donald Trump. The Biden administration appears to have gotten what they planned, a royal American defeat. In the wake of this tragic betrayal, the Biden administration left us with a treasury that's broke, with a toppled superpower status, with a military trained not in victory and warfare, but in critical race theory, leading to a national self-loathing. And they seem to believe we should be thanking them for their troubles. Well, I for one do not. The sanitizing power of truth uncovers a multitude of sins we, the American people, need to reject the official lies of Washington and our woke military elites. The American soldier deserve far better from their military and their politicians. We need to understand the truth about our enemies, and we need to reclaim our American identity and refuse to bow to the false narrative pushed upon America's children, which claims that America is an evil oppressor nation because we are not. America remains a force for good in the world because our original identity was founded upon a firm belief in the God of the Bible and upon his word. If America is to survive, it will be because we came to our senses and humbled ourselves before almighty God and turned away from our lies and sins and surrendered to him completely. May God forgive our sins and heal our land. This we pray through his name, by his blood, by his word, and through his authority. Amen. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, you caught me. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Thursday night edition of The Sea Report. We are live here coming to you guys on the Foxhole app as well as on other places in the internet. And you guys are just kind of seeing me doing some kind of live on the screen editing uh, because uh, President Trump just dropped two endorsements right as the show was starting uh, so, uh, I had to kind of do some quick adjustments so we could get this show on the road, but I hope you all are having a great Thursday evening, Thursday daytime, Thursday nighttime, wherever you are in the world. We are coming to you live across the interwebs, broadcasting out of South Central Texas or Central South Texas, one or the other. Um, and, uh, I am your host, Mr. C. This is another edition of the C Report, and we've got, uh, quite a show for you guys tonight. Oh, man. Uh, for those of you who might be wondering... Uh, we were just listening to a former congresswoman, congressman. I, I would still con call him a congressman. I don't think they would. I think maybe they would feel like they were be treated, being treated unfairly if we uh, called them a congresswoman. But anyways, former uh, state representative uh, Michelle Bachman 
that's right, uh, Michelle Bachman, and uh, she was um, uh, giving a speech. Now she was a former former representative for the state of Minnesota. Okay, she was also a presidential candidate, I believe, in uh, 2012, round about the Obama era of uh, elections going on there then and don't you know um you know uh, uh michelle bachman um you know for some reason in the grand mix of things i i i kind of thought of her as being uh maybe a soft rhino uh but come to find out and examining and going over some of the other things that she was pursuing as a representative of these united states of america let alone those uh, constituents of Minnesota, she was really on the ball. Uh, you know, she had this entire thing where she was taking John Brennan and the CIA to task. Um, oh, in regards to uh, in regards to the uh, entire Benghazi incident, and uh, kind of and kind of dropped uh, uh, let the cat out of the bag on some of the, the activities that were going on over there in, uh, in reference to uh, unmanned drones and uh, military presence and attacks in that area of the world, uh, if one was savvy enough to catch it. Um, and it might have well been uh, one of those things that led up to her uh, um, not seeking re-election. But uh, yes, that was Michelle Bachman. Michelle Bachman speaking. Now, she is currently the dean at Regent University in Arizona. And uh, those were kind of some of her thoughts in regards to the current situation that we are seeing here in these United States of America. And um, she's actually going to be hosting... Um, a 9-11 um, uh, symposium, um, and that's coming up, I believe, on uh, September 10th, if I'm not mistaken, at her university. Um, and uh, the video that we just saw was actually created for that upcoming event, uh, but also included uh, up-to-the-minute and current information in regards to the situation going on in Afghanistan. Uh, now, like I said, Dean Bachman will be hosting at Regent University. Oh, September 9th is the date that it's scheduled for. A symposium about uh, a 20-year retrospective on 9-11. Of course, this is all very uh, pertinent considering um, that uh, um, the 20th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks is forthcoming and uh, within the next few days. And also um, everything that is happening in Afghanistan, as uh, as we would say here, is uh, it's very uh, it's very um, up to the minute and important. Uh, some people could not see the connection between uh, President Joe Biden's um, um, uh, original original withdrawal date of September 11th and uh, and uh, the. Uh, 9-11 20th anniversary. I mean, I don't see how you could not see the connection. Uh, clearly, people who did not could not read between the lines, nor could they not see, you know, the mosquito on the tip of their nose, uh, because um, that's very relevant. And uh, the symbology of it all is even more relevant when you think about it. But uh, considering exactly what we're seeing in and by the way of this catastrophe, 
that is the failed withdrawal and lack of leadership of the Biden regime, um, I think we are in store for more than we might have chewed off to begin with. And that would be because of the fact that, uh, you know, uh, where where it might be symbolic to have withdrawn on 9-11, it, it, it would be far more effective for globalists and deep staters and the likes of the Biden regime and his controllers and handlers, be they Chinese or be they bankers who have, uh, you know, controlled crap in this world for uh, uh, many an eon, um, it would be more effective for them to have the terrorists in America before 9-11. So that way, if they do go ahead and attempt to pull off a false flag on the anniversary of 9-11, say they want to blow up the One World Trade Center, right? That big hulking tower that was born from the uh, the imprint of the Twin Towers. Uh, at least they have an excuse, and that excuse would be, well, the terrorists snuck in as refugees underneath this failed President Biden, whom we already got rid of. So we don't have to blame anybody. We don't have to blame anybody about it because uh, we got rid of Biden. And it was his fault that these terrorists snuck into America because he had a failed withdrawal policy. Uh, it's starting to add up now in my head, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I've been saying we're in false flag season and we've been in false flag season for quite some time. It's like the never ending season of false flag terror that we at least can expect and be concerned about. But as long as we are vigilant and watchful, uh, we don't need to keep that in a worrying perspective. That's a little bit lower of an energy. But uh, but again, as I was saying, uh, those are the words of uh, former Representative Dean Michelle Bachman uh, speaking um, for her scheduled event at Regent University. It's happening on the 9th. Uh, perhaps we'll do a... Uh, watch party slash live cast at that time. Um, the symposium will also be featuring former United States Attorney General John Ashcraft, as well as former New York City Police Chief Bernie Carrick. Now, if you guys remember, we uh, saw Bernie Carrick side by side with Vernon Jones over there at the uh, uh, Arizona Maricopa County 2020 presidential election audit uh, when Vernon was uh, calling reporters of the local nature to task and uh, asking them why they were uh, not really doing their homework. Uh, Bernie Carrick was present during that uh, delegate of observers for the Arizona audit. Um, and, you know, so it was probably like, well, back in June maybe back in June or so. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I just thought I would start off the show with uh, that statement uh, by uh, former Representative Michelle Bachman uh, as she uh, brings together not only the perspective of the tragedy and the, uh, the, um, the catastrophe that has uh, been taking place in Afghanistan and uh, drawing that back to the 9-11-2001 terrorist attacks that took place here in uh, New York, New York City, in New York State, in our uh, in our city, uh, in our our country of America, uh, quite interesting and uh, quite um, I don't know. I found it to be uh, found it to be quite uh, quite powerful uh, what she was saying in that regard. But uh, yes, again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sea Report. Uh, let's see what we got going for you guys today. Uh, we have uh, we have some pretty good information. I was trying to debate about what, what I was going to share with the folks and the friends tonight. 
uh, particularly because uh, in regards to our international episode, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you may know, for the last month or so, uh, we've been hosting our international episode on Fridays here at the Sea Report, but I'm kind of thinking about moving the international episode day of broadcast now. Some people have told me, you should just make it random, Mr. C. Pick a day of the week that feels right to talk about international news. And I can't, you can't really work like that when you're working with the news cycle, you know, uh, because after the weekend, uh, you know, you pretty much, you got a, you got a heavy hitter coming Monday to Tuesday, right? But um, but what I was kind of feeling, what I was kind of vibing with on our last international episode on a Friday, you know, uh, was that it was real heavy. Don't you guys think so? You can you can you can agree with me there if you want. Uh, uh, the last episode of the international news was pretty thick and heavy. And maybe it wasn't heavy, like heavy, but it was pretty thick. Like, it's Friday, guy. I don't want to have to digest this kind of information. And especially because our international episodes only come once a week. So when I start presenting information on uh, international, uh, you know, well, on other countries and the things that are going on like that, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, Mr. C., this is a lot of information to absorb and it's Friday and I just want to sit here and chill with my margarita on hand. Not to mention you already hit us after happy hour and I get that. So uh, I'm thinking about moving my uh, moving my international episode date. Uh, I was thinking about a Wednesday or a Thursday and I was like, you know, uh, in my location, at least, uh, you know, a Mexican day is always on Wednesdays. So maybe that would be an appropriate day to do an international episode. Uh, but anyways, we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, for now, it kind of seems like tomorrow we will stu- still do an international episode. But I'm also considering sacrificing it, considering that uh, we took a day out of the week this week uh, for personal things I had to take care of which I apologize for not sharing with you guys yet, but uh, I have on good, I have on good word that perhaps tonight we will do a live here with the friends at the foxhole.app. And uh, to be con- uh, quite provincial and to catch everyone up, we are on uh, the Twitch and on the Clout Hub and as always at the foxhole.app. If you're joining us over at Twitch or Clout Hub, recommend you guys check out the foxhole.app. That is the uh, that is the uh, that is the uh, family and friends. That is the uh, chat room that I most uh, constantly engage with. Always a good time over there amongst that community of patriots. And as I say these, th- these things, allow me now to dip into the chat. Uh, looks like we have uh, Just V in the house, Tam Goral, Yabapai Michael. Good evening to you all. I hope you all are doing well uh, on this Thursday evening. Casual Gigi is also hanging out with us. And uh, Yabapai Michael says, great news video out, Cult of the Medics by David Whitehead or Whittied, however you want to pronounce it, uh, is available. And indeed, Yavapai Michael, uh, Cult of the Medics is out. I uh, have strongly considered doing a watch party about this because uh, let me tell you, like I was like I was talking about, uh, was it yesterday or was it uh, Tuesday about uh, being, no, no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday because that's when I went to the doctor's office and sat there and just thought about how disgusting the system has been set up 
Uh, and, and particularly because I was in an area that was 100% brainwashed, 100% zombified, 100% liberal Democrat, 100% of the people who trust their government, um, sitting in this, this area of people where it became so apparent that the existence of the medical center with which in I stood was there and was functioning to the exact, uh, the exact um, uh, expectations of what it was was supposed to be, which is sicken and poison the uh, sicken and poison the people, uh, and get them to accept it as an everyday fact of life, so that they come to one of our facilities, and that is what is expected of them, and that is what they will follow, and they will just be bled out of all of their money and insurance money, and they will just be treated as animals. Like, I felt like I was sitting in a veterinarian's office amongst all those obese, sick, and dying individuals who were probably there for very uh, either very common reasons or, or reasons of expectation due to the uh, quality of life and the quality of substance and sustenance that we have been given. And I was totally and thoroughly disgusted. And I was more so disgusted by the accepting and willing behavior of the individuals that surrounded me with their masks and their, uh, their limbs falling off and their guts propelling them forward. It was a terrible experience for me. And it just made me kind of think if not, if not the government, if not the banking establishment, have they truly taken over the medical establishment in order to control us at a further degree. And to that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you could agree with the statement that I just made. Yes, there is a military industrial complex. Yes, there is a medical and pharmaceutical industrial complex. Yes, there is a collegiate and university industrial complex that exists in these United States of America, and they are all poisons that need to be gouged out and purged from our veins, from this dying country of liberty needs to be restored to life through uh, electroshock therapy or otherwise. Uh, we've got to bring this beautiful body back to life and willing to fight. And at least that is one of my points in being here within this meaningful community of individuals who are already awake is that we need to get active and get out there. And now again, ladies and gentlemen, that's not to say that we're gonna, that's not to say that we're gonna come out behind, from behind that blade of grass that we have been hiding about. You know what I'm talking about, right, ladies and gentlemen? We are not gonna come out from behind that blade of grass from which every blade hides a gun-toting American citizen who's God-fearing and respectful of life. Although it feels that that day is coming, it feels that that day is coming, but I will not call for it. And, you know, that isn't because I believe in peace, bitch. I believe in peace as uh, as uh, acidic as that statement I just said sounds. Uh, it comes from uh, it's a lyric to a song that I found quite ironic. Uh, but anyways, um, I, I will not call for violence and death upon those who who have subjugated us to ruination, humiliation, defamation, and other far worse Asians than I can come up right now in this, uh, this uh, stream of thought. But um, to say for sure, ladies and gentlemen, to say for sure that day is coming. And, you know, one of the things, because, you know, I, I think, you know, differently, I don't know, in my head, I think differently, maybe I don't. 
Uh, I don't know if that's a, anyways, but uh, you know, one of the things that I could see coming up on this, uh, on this entire fiasco uh, that's going on with uh, uh, Biden and uh, Afghanistan and also with the, uh, with the unfortunate and troubling departure of servicemen in this country, ladies and gentlemen, a hundred percent, I could see, and I can, f- well, not fear, but I could, I could project and traject maybe not that I want this, but I could totally see this, this scenario playing out. Uh, humor me in this instance, uh, my friends in the chat, humor, humor me in this instance. I could totally see, I could totally see I could totally see the deep state, the elitists, trying to frame a false flag by having a AP, an AP, an agent provocateur, a uh, a scapegoat, a patsy, a false flag, wherein a patriot guns down Joe Biden because of the misery that he has led this country to at the hands of the debauched and the failed Afghanistan um, Afghanistan withdrawal. I mean, uh, don't do you not guys see the anger and the hatred that's welling up within the patriot community? Whether or not that be justified, and it is, uh, we have to remember that we have to take the high road in this regard. And and with such a narrative being so prevalent, and particularly amongst the lamestream fake news media. Um, propping up even more so the hatred against, uh, you know, um, um, fascist Biden. I could see that scenario playing out. And I'm not saying that, and I'm not speaking these words from my mouth to breathe them into existence. Far from it, ladies and gentlemen. I am far from wanting to speak such a scenario into existence. But perhaps by shining the light on a scenario that uh, perhaps the deep state elitist would war game, it will not occur. And uh, we can see this fake, this phony, this fraud removed through impeachment, which is much more deserved. Um, um, and, and even though his uh, election was false, fake, phony, and fraud, as uh, some individuals such as Dave would say, um, um, that would in itself uh, be a better end to that. And, and perhaps impeachment by treason is what is more appropriate impeachment by treason and with impeachment by treason against joke biden then perhaps we can see further consequences take place in a ruling of law which is what this country abides by and uh, i don't see any other way more appropriate than this uh, because once he falls, the next dominoes will fall. And uh, with any luck, we'll get some traction amongst uh, the people by majority. Uh, to wit, the uh, lamestream, mainstream, fake news media that has subjugated all of us to hypnotization through propaganda will either have to abide or suffer the consequences. And of course, by suffering the consequences, we mean that uh, their CEOs and their presidents and everyone that is uh, staffed beneath them will face the harsh penalties of the uh, of the free market and will perish to exist. 
And that's at least one playbook that I could see happening in my head, but that's all that comes to mind at this moment. Um, you know, uh, we cannot go out of our way to gun down a fake installed president who has just murdered not only 13 United States servicemen, as well as those who assisted our country, and as well as those who were innocent in Afghanistan. We cannot take it upon ourselves to act that way, and I'm, I'm declaring that now. We as patriots, we as United States citizens, will not gun down this false installed president because of his, uh, his failures to command. We will not. And keep that in perspective, because that is a storyline that I see rising. But we will press on and press forward, undoubtedly, in ensuring that action and accountability is taken against this uh, illegitimate administration and this joke of a president, resident Joe Biden. All right. Now, how did I get into that, ladies and gentlemen? Let me go back because uh, was it Yavapai Michael mentioned uh, Cult of the Medics? Uh, actually, Senor Yavapai, I have that here in my notes. I was uh, seriously considering when uh, we should do a watch party for it. Now, the first episode dropped yesterday. Look, I have it right here. See? Cult of the Medics, Chapter 1. Now, we're not going to watch it tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Now, all of you guys out there... Feel free to go and watch Cult of the Medics Chapter 1. I have not even seen it yet, right? Uh, people are just kind of uh, people are just kind of picking up to what's going on with Cult of the Medics. Um, I I mean, I, I will we will do a watch party or we will do something if y'all want. If you guys want to go see it and don't want to bother with the watch party, that's totally fine as well. Uh, but I'm very excited to see it. Very, very excited to see it. And uh, we'll see what that's all about. Uh, I got off into some, 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 some tirade there, didn't I? Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Let's keep on going on with the chat so we can move along. Chugga, chugga, chugga. Uh, what else do we got going on here today? Yavapai Michael, thank you for rem reminding our chat about Cult of the Medics. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Who else do we got? What else is going on? I'm curious to know where that MIA lawyer missing an action lawyer for 17 of our patriots is who's that i should probably know uh yeah michael says yes it is full of information uh he's talking about uh cult of the medics glad everyone's cued into that so to speak aurelia slot good evening how are you doing not handy not handy is in the house says hi guys who's speaking right now oh that was michelle bachman michelle bachman uh, yeah, patriot and uh, former presidential candidate around 2012. If you were there for the uh, if you were there for the ride back then, Nat Handy, uh, you might have remembered her. Uh, let's see here, who else is in the house? <laughs> Mr. C is in the house apparently, according to uh, Yavapai Michael. WC Cranop, good evening, sir. Says really happy right now. My nephew, the Harvard. Oh, wait, the uh, the yeah, the Harvard said with uh, nasal infections, trained medical doctor is watching the frontline doctors just sent. Uh, so um, his trained medical, his Harvard trained medical doctor nephew is watching the frontline doctors. And uh, very good. Awesome. They need to get them out there, uh, the frontline doctors. It's like when uh, I was watching that hearing over in Ohio 
And, um, you know, we had a very concerned mother whom I thought uh, the Ohio um, uh, committee uh, very graciously and also uh, very, um, uh, very uh, um, generously gave her a lot of time to speak. Uh, but one of the uh, one of the representatives in the Ohio House Legislature took her to task on where she was getting her information from, and uh, when she stated that she was getting that information from um, um, uh, frontline medics, uh, America's frontline doctors, uh, they they came down on her very much so. And uh, and they said, are you aware that people have been saying that the front line, America's frontline doctors is uh, all a witchcraft and a hullabaloo and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all that woman had to say in response to that was, it doesn't surprise me, <laughs> which I thought was quite magical. Uh, but but yes, indeed, they, they gave this they gave this uh, woman a lot of speaking time and a lot of precedence uh, in her uh, testimony before the Ohio uh, um, state legislature in that hearing. And uh, I thought that was actually uh, a, worth, a newsworthy for them, at least because uh, a lot of the other people, they were just cutting down and undercutting on their time. Uh, so I thought that was a bit unfair. Anyhow, let's see what else we got going on right now in the chat. I accidentally, I accidentally refreshed my chat box on my main screen, so I'm kind of looking to the side now so I can keep up with you guys. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on? Glad that's going on. That's all we can do is spread the word, the truth, and the knowledge. We'll do so. We'll do. Uh, we'll do a little bit of that as we move along into today's C report uh, in just a bit. Uh, Michelle Bachman is an amazing woman. Never a rhino says. Uh, says Tombstone. Yes, sir. Tombstone. Exactly the way I see it. There was something that she said during her 2012 presidential campaign that struck me as funny. And I would have to go back and find it. I just remember that afterwards, I could never find the statement that I heard her saying. It might have been during a debate or something like that. But she did something funny because I was actually rooting for her. She did something funny that threw me off, but uh, in reviewing some of the other hearings that she participated in, in the various committees that she was also a part of, I found uh, Michelle Bachman to be uh, to be indeed worthy of support, at least on the America First front, even though America First did not exist at the time of her running, um, at least not within the minds of individuals that are uh, constituents and stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got going on? Um, let's see here. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, we have Rapture Ready in the house. Welcome back to the chats. Good evening, Sean Joe. Thank you for gifting the cookie, uh, the gold pill cookie. Very nice, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, absolutely uh, blessed to have you here. Mr. C, have you watched the video? Yeah, yes, Mr. Uh, yes, Ava Pi Michael. We aired the uh, we aired the Cult of the Medics preview a few uh, few episodes ago, um, and uh, I was telling the friends all about it and uh, looking forward to watching it. It dropped yesterday, uh, and uh, we we will I don't know we'll figure it out. You guys tell me in the chat what you think about it. If y'all want to do a watch party or not, um, either way I'm gonna watch it. I just we'd have to find a time to schedule that watch party. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, let's see, WC Cranop gifting uh, 2021 gold pills because uh, 2021 is the year, right? Thank you so much, sir. The year we um, 
The year we rose to take our nation back, says W.C. Cranop, and our lives. Indeed, the year's not over yet. We might, uh, we might be in the final third of the year, approaching the final quarter, but indeed, the year is not over yet. I fully agree with that. Will be interesting to see what happens on the 11th. I pray for the people of my country, says Just V. Indeed, right? Indeed. I mean, like I said, uh, uh, it might have been symbolic for Biden to uh, for Biden to uh, have a withdrawal date of September 11th, but it's even more significant uh, that we have tons of terrorists coming into our country prior to that, which is the perfect scapegoat for a new false flag. Let's see if they can pull it off. I'm not daring them, but let's see. Dem Turned Red says, love this show, brother. You do an amazing job with amazing energy. Thank you. I appreciate your kind words. Dem Turned Red, I'm just doing my part. Uh, I would be sitting here screaming into, um, you know, into an, a microphone or, or with uh, no audience. Um, but it's, it's much, much of a blessing and much more meaningful to have you all along for the ride. And I thank you all uh, for your support and being present and and uh beyond so thank you for that um because right now you guys is what's keeping me going i mean i would probably be doing this anyways maybe maybe but uh to be here monday through friday uh and uh to do all the work uh, in addition to that um it's just uh it's a great experience to be with you all uh we got uh joy for trump in the house two days left and is out working and lurking god bless you joy for trump our prayers go to you and your family, and we hope that you see future blessings uh, from your uh, uh, from your dedication and integrity to your beliefs. Our cloaked unseen is in the house, gifting a can. Thank you so much, our cloaked unseen. Uh, good to have you with us. Don't forget to email me because <laughs> I have no other way of getting in touch with you, my friend. Uh, either that or uh, DM me. Slide into my DMs, as uh, they say. Uh, um, here at pill.net since uh, we have the, the direct messaging function now um, working here over at, uh, at uh, pill.net, so, which means uh, all of us friends at the foxhole.app can uh, get together more often and uh, figure it out, uh, which is great. Oh, and then for those of you who are wondering about this cult unseen and where you can, oh, I totally closed that window. My bad. Okay, let me uh, let me pop that open real quick. Because uh, let me see here. Cult of the Medics. If you go to cultofthemedics.com, cultofthemedics.com, uh, their official website, you can check it out there. Um, unabridged, un, un, ungapped, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it would help the people who created Cult of the Medics if you went to cultofthemedics.com. And uh, you can check out episode one there on uh, their official website and probably get some more information about all the work that they're doing. Cultofthemedics.com. Again, I, I have not seen it. I've been hyped up about it since I got it. Like I'm hyped up about it, as hyped up as I am about, uh, about uh, what do you call it? Um, um, uh, what was it? The, the new, the new normal documentary that came out. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, Connie Ketchup. Good evening. Says Nancy Drew had the Eisenhower building. Ah, sorry. I lost my chat. Let me find it again real quick. Nancy Drew had the, Drew had the Eisenhower building today. All roads were blocked off, uh, between Pennsylvania 17th and constitutional. Do you mean Nancy Piglosi? Do you mean Hood's Piglosi? 
Um, you know, um, I, I was never a huge fan of Nancy Drew, but I love the Hardy Boys. They always had they always had clues. You know what I mean? Maybe some of you guys get the reference. They they suddenly got a clue. <laughs> but let let's not let's not uh, let's not uh, what's the word? Let's not insult uh, the uh, juvenile prowess of uh, of junior detective Nancy Drew <laughs> by comparing her to Nancy Piglosi. Uh, I mean, because Nancy Piglosi is uh, more about, you know, hiding the evidence than finding out the crime. Uh, I don't know why that just came to mind right now. Uh, let's see. Stuff going on there today. Who knows? Says Connie Ketchup. Uh, quite possibly Nancy Piglosi is just a dishonor, uh, um, you know, uh, times five. Uh, but we already know that here in this community. Trolls don't last long in the foxhole, says Tombstone. Indeed. Indeed, which is why I challenge and I invite anybody who is over at Twitch or at the Clout Hub and viewing this uh, episode today live and in living color, hop on over to the Foxhole app. It's a wonderful community of patriots, uh, and it is a great uh, it is a great free speech, non censoring platform. And if you is a troll. Because we have some of those trolls that come up and uh, they act like, you know, they act like they're on your side. And then once they've uh, they've uh, hooked you in, they basically, you know, turn on you. Right. Uh, they they, they uh, totally go Benedict Arnold on your ass. Uh, but we can we can deal with those trolls. Even it's pretty weak. Trolls don't last long in Foxhole app. Would definitely agree with that. Tombstone. OK, let's see here. Uh, you have a pie. Michael's very excited. <laughs> Uh, Connie Ketchup seems to be in agreement with having a watch party. Just watched it. Amazing. Only thing that sucks is I want to, I want it all now, right? It's like at least six parts. Okay. And we have to see it in installments. Uh, that's the thing about it. Now we're not going to have a, uh, we're not going to have a, what do you call it? What is it? Uh, what is it when you sit down and watch everything? <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to do that, but maybe we'll do a watch party. It will be quite fun. It'll be quite fun. Um, let's see here. Connie Ketchup has the link. Uh, Veron Veronique is in the house. Good evening, Veronique. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, did that fellow who made the documentary mention when the next episode will be published? I want to watch it. Uh, and a uh, binge, binge. That's what she said. Okay, so just so you guys know, here's the uh, here's the schedule for Cult of the Medics. Yes, we have it. And you too can attain the schedule for Cult of the Medics if you go to cultofthemedics.com. Now, episode one was released yesterday on the first. Ah, oh, dang it. Never mind. It says to be determined. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm fallible. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. Go to cultofthemedics.com if you want to know what's up. Something's coming in over. Hey, Deplora Laura. How's it going? Deplora Laura uh, votes yay or a or I for a watch party of Cult of the Medics. We'll see when we can do it. I'll let you guys know. Um, we should do it soon, though, uh, because before you know it, Cult of the Medics is going to be passe, at least episode one. And, uh, you know, I don't care if I break the news first. I I'm not hard up to be the first one to bring it breaking news. I'm the one who delivered it to you first. I know there's a bunch of ego-driven people out there that just have to be the first one to tell you a story. And I guess somehow that validates their existence. But we don't want to get too far behind on Cult of the Medics. That is for sure. 
uh, because um, let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I know, and based on y'all's reviews already from those who have seen it, it's a pretty good film. It's a pretty good film documentary. So we will we will get that going quick as possible. Dixie is in the house. Good evening. And thank you for gifting the can over here at uh, the C report, the Mr. C chats over at the Voxel.app. Our cloaked and scene says I will have to remember to try to watch that episode sometime later. Sounds intriguing. We will do a watch party is what I'm kind of feeling guys. I feel like this watch party is going to come up within the next couple of days. If not sooner. No, we're not going to do it tonight. I got something else I'm planning for tonight. Uh, and tomorrow's Friday. Okay, you know what? Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it for tomorrow's Mr. C in the Dark. Would you guys be opposed to that? To have a Friday night watch party for Mr. C in the Dark? Just for the first 48 minutes and 17 seconds. Not the entire night, right? It'd be, it would make for some good conversation. For anyone that wants to get in on the open lines and join the conversation. Is kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, let's see here. Sounds like it would be a good plan. You guys tell me. Uh, Dem Turned Red says it's part of a 12-part series. Wow, I only thought it was six, so that's good news. Uh, the first arrest will shock the world. I pray it comes uh, to Biden, right? Says the Pie Michael. Uh, may it be. You know, I mean, I mean, we might have uh, Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin side by side, scissoring up and down Fifth Avenue, uh, as pictures show. Uh, not the scissoring part, at least. Uh, but you know. Uh, someone, someone needs to be held accountable. Um, and uh, this is this is the perfect gateway. It's the perfect. This is the perfect gateway to towards military tribunals for treason. If you think about it, if he gets impeached for treason, which is one of the things that is on the table, and I'm not trying to sell you guys on hopium or any type of fantastical, uh, phantasmagorical story of how uh, things will work out and rectify themselves for us, because obviously we cannot know the plan, the day or the hour. Uh, but it seems like it would be a good gateway uh, towards military tribunals for treason. And uh, who knows, if that were to happen to Biden, perhaps he'd start to seem like a cuckoo canary or at least a yellow birdie down in uh, down in uh, those uh, down in those. Uh, what do you call it? Um, mines where all this uh, debauchery and deception and treason takes place in the otherwise known as the swamp. Uh, Deplora Laura seems to agree with uh, a uh, watch party for Friday night's Mr. C in the Dark. Hmm. Wonder what you guys over at the Foxhole app think. Uh, Deborah Erdman, good evening, and thank you for gifting the cookie. Do start a false. Uh, do start a false flag. Blameless patriots come for guns, and holy hell's going to break loose. Uh, think AB. That's what I'm saying, Deborah. <laughs> I think I understand what you're saying, but I could totally see it with the outrage that we're seeing over everything that's happening in this country. It stands to reason that if uh, that if the deep state were going to perform a false flag right now, they would either utilize all of the refugee terrorists that are coming into America or they would utilize a patriot uh, in the name of uh, of um, of stopping, you know, the Biden regime junta, like it's going to be one of the two. That's that's their playbook in my purview right now. It's not going to be some socialist Antifa communist that wants to strike out against the system. And that goes totally against their narrative. I mean, you, you know, even though you still have a, uh, the only thing that they could do is an Antifa that's like Joe Biden didn't pay me. So I decided to shoot him like that's the only other thing. And that has no weight and it does not uh, forward their narrative. 
and does not forward their objective to use an Antifa who's pissed off because Joe Biden didn't pay him his $15 an hour, you know? So it, it's it's either going to be a, refu- a refugee who's a, a terrorist in disguise, or it's going to be a patriot. And the patriot playbook is the playbook they've been playing with the longest, uh, at least as far as my assessment goes. But nonetheless, thank you for gifting that cookie. It was a sweet thought, my friend. Uh, let me see over here if my chats are caught up. I think they are. Okay, did we get to, we got to Deborah Erdman, our cloaked and seen is also dropping another one. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen, I got it. I caught up with you guys and you guys are on fire. Uh, let's see. Wow, Mr. C, this is one heck of a scenario. I'm telling you, that is absolutely something. If it was not that, if it was not that, uh, that, uh, uh, what is it called? That dreadlock wearing, uh, you know, um, probably homeless man who is screaming in California about the schools, who's going to go out and the Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Nuremberg guy. If it wasn't that man that they were going to use as a patsy to shoot down or kill someone in the name of a patriot, it's going to be over this entire situation with Biden. I mean, with I mean, even look at uh, even look at the uh, and we know that there was justification in the strength of the letter that that uh, mother of the fallen hero um, um, we shared with you guys the other night. Uh, but look at look at the animus behind that. Someone could totally act on that and they could tro- totally frame that scenario on patriots because Biden killed uh, um, you know, uh, soldiers and Biden, you know, did, did, did everything that he's done in the last, uh, you know, two to three weeks alone is enough. Ah, oh, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. No. Strength of the letter, oh, the shush, shush, mother. Shush. Of the- Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. Okay. I was almost caught up with the chat. Oh, no. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's pop back in here to this. See what else you guys are saying. <laughs> Rapture Ready says, I think they're still wiping his butt. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone's wiping it for him. Rapture Ready, someone is wiping it for him. Yavapai Michael says, military tribunal equals death. And that uh, that has been, uh, that is still on the table. That is still on the table. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Texan says treason, treason, treason. Hang them until dead, 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 dead. Okay. And absolutely. I appreciate that passion, Texan. Uh, I know you would not go and act on that. Uh, but certainly the deep state would look at my chat and they would say, let's use someone like the Texan. Uh, to to go, not that they're going to use you, Texan. So I know we, we already had our side saddle conversation, Texan. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that uh, someone like the deep state would look at this chat and they would single out, hang them until dead, dead, dead. And they would say, you see how the patriots are? They are all about killing and, and they're all about murder. And, and in the, in, in their, and they're all about redemption and vengeance in their own right wing, far right conspiracy addled minds. And then they will use that against us. They will use our own anger and they will use our own, um, our own, uh, um, you know, conviction against these individuals against us. So uh, thank you Texan for allowing me to use you as an example. Cause I know, sir, you would never do such a thing. Uh, but um, you know, that's not to say that they couldn't use use that against us. And again, I just throw out scenarios out there as, as crazy as they seem, right? Because uh, sometimes my scenarios buck the current and seem pretty unpopular. Uh, but I just throw them out there, ladies and gentlemen. But Texan, 
I better not be getting a text message from you <laughs> calling me a sorry SOB for saying that. Uh, but I'm sure you understand my point. I'm sure you understand my point. They could definitely use the momentum of the hurt and the anger of patriots to their benefit if they wanted to. If they wanted to. That's just kind of wargaming it. That's kind of wargaming scenarios, not declaring a scenario to be a fact. Uh, but anyhow, moving right along. Yeah, don't impeach him. Arrest him. I would say the same thing. Uh, let's see. Connie Ketchup, he's really researched and smart for sure. Cloaked. We're talking about Michael. Um, we're talking about Discord. Uh, Disco Ball Chaser, good evening, sweetheart. Listening to your report yesterday as you read the War uh, Heroes Mom's Letter, I too thought Joke Biden's going to get his ass assassinated. So uh, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's, some, um, uh, there's someone also kind of on the same wavelength there. Uh, that because of what we've seen, uh, we could see an assassination attempt on Joke Biden. Uh, good, That's my assessment. Mr. C says, Veronique, I'd like for the people to pass a law prohibiting anyone who holds an office to be able to trade on the market. Insider trading is, uh, is a... Uh, uh, BA. Well, you know, uh, we're talking about when we're talking about that kind of thing there, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Piglosi and her husband, you know, all we need is the phone calls, guys. All we need is the phone calls because she's been in touch with a lot of what uh, Silicon Valley and also pharmaceutical companies. And they've made a lot of money. I totally agree with that. They should totally be uh, they should totally be separated from the ability for them to do those things uh, to trade on the open market. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, Biden won't finish the year out. Says sub pack vet. Twenty fifth amendment impeachment or heart attack. I agree with you there, sub pack vet. Uh, we didn't know the timeline, but we knew it was coming, and I think we're finishing. We're seeing that happen now. Uh, Deborah Urban says, well, we got $85 billion, 13 lives plus crimes against humanity with the vaccine. How much more damage can this effort do? All the more reason to call for impeachment, right? I mean, I mean, uh, compared to what they tried to get President Trump on, Jesus Christ, you know, no one died that spurred on the impeachment hearings for President Trump, which were all false and fake and phony. We all know that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, good point. Good point there. Very good point. Uh, let's see here, Deborah Erdman. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Um, let's see here. Uh, Tam Growl, 17 Patriots still in jail for January 6th, represented by a missing lawyer. Uh, pushing that uh, that uh, uh, thought there. Uh, let's see here. Um, what else do we got? So we can get into today's report because <laughs> uh, we are already getting to the top of the hour, half hour, at least, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, our cloaked and seen gifts another cookie. Can you drop the link to the cult of the medics? I am a nurse by profession. Yes, indeed, you are. Uh, let me go ahead and do that uh, very quite easily. If you hop on over, I'm going to have to mute this tab again. Um, let's see here. Where are we at? Everyone just dogpiled on top of the C report. Let me tell you what. Okay. Uh, www.cultofthemedics.com. There you go. <laughs> and now it is live there for you, sir. 
Okay, hope that helps. Uh, let me see where we're at now. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Where are we at? Where are we at? I'm still a little bit behind on the other chat. Uh, let me see. Oh, we're pretty much there. We're pretty much there. Um, Mr. C, but uh, by far the best part is when you laugh. It makes my entire day and my girl wants to hear it. So hopefully this will uh, incite one. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a genuine laugh. Okay, so it'll come. I promise you. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Colt oh, yeah, yeah. Aurelius Lock, thank you for dropping that link. If I were able to keep up with chats, then I would have known you put it in there. Uh, it was a test I messed up at the beginning. Okay, let's see here. Uh, wait, did you say Mr. Singh there? Uh, okay, 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 cool. Okay, I think we're caught up. Nat Hendy, thank you for dropping the uh, can donation in the chat room over here at field.net. Philly Q, good evening. How are you doing? Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. We always have troll spray says, uh, just V, and indeed we do. Uh, well guarded. And the best part about the troll spay spray over at uh, the foxhole.app is it does not smell like cancer. Uh, no, ha 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 Nancy Drew is her telegram name. She walks around DC film. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And <laughs> my bad. Nancy Drew is apparently a content creator and or broadcaster on telegram. My bad. <laughs> my bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, but thank you for uh, sharing that. Um, oh, what is this? What, what are we looking at? I just pulled open a link from a, a Philly Q. Rebel News. Okay, so you know, this might be appropriate uh, oh, Philly Q uh, for tomorrow's episode, an international episode. I wanted to talk a little bit about Australia. And uh, Rebel News was over in Australia interviewing a whole bunch of citizens over there about the current draconian overreaching Big Brother uh, elitist lockdowns that are happening. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Thank you for dropping that link. I'll hold on to it, Philly Q, uh, for the time being. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Because you guys are moving fast, 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 fast. Another good one to watch. Uh, linking big incestual finance, uh, the World Economic Foreign, Foundations, COVID, and the Great Reset. Uh, did I miss something there? Uh, Aurelius, are you talking about Cult of the Medics? Um, perhaps you are. Perhaps you are. We talked, uh, we've been talking about Cult of the Medics for about a week now. So I'm glad you guys caught the first episode. Cannot wait to watch it. We'll probably do a watch party tomorrow evening, guys, and then we'll have open lines thereafter. It's only about, what, 45 minutes, uh, 50 minutes long. Um, oh, okay. He dropped it. Aurelius. Oh, Aurelius. I think that's the one you gave to me before. Isn't it Aurelius? He's going to, he's going to slap, he's going to slap me on the hands for that one, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, we can, we will do a watch party on that one as well. It's just hard, you know, because I've received feedback uh, from the C household that I need to take at least one day off. Uh, <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, do it. Uh, and I live in, I live in a loft. So they can hear everything that happens here. Uh, and they're like, we need at least one day where we don't have to be quiet. <laughs> and, you know, uh, also be able to breathe, I guess. But anyways, okay. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, our cloaked unseen drops another cookie. Uh, um, says, I do not use that Mr. C email um, uh, to follow at FB Messenger. Right uh, to follow, and FB I don't use Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook cloaked. Uh, but Ryan, oh, I used to know someone by that last name, sir, at Comcast. 
Um, I, I can most definitely send you an email there, but it's going to be from my Proton Mail. Now, you know, a lot of people seem to think that Proton Mail is encrypted and can't be read. I mean, yeah, it's encrypted, but it, it can still be read uh, by uh, the powers that be. I mean, ultimately speaking, um, it, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a fluke to believe that uh, you know. You can't read that stuff. But anyways, okay. Uh, Mr. C email is, okay, gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. And FB is Ryan Claggett and Mighty Mouse. So, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, let's see. Uh... Oh, you must be talking about the email on your YouTube page. Well, update it, my friend. <laughs> update it. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, let's keep going. And I, I, I'm basically trying to get to the end of the chat before I get into the report. Um, uh, let's see, that handy watch party would be cool. We'll probably do it tomorrow is kind of what I'm thinking during Mr. C in the dark. Uh, we'll most definitely do that today. Um, let's see, two weeks per episode on Met, uh, Cult of the Medics says Just V, good to know. Azina uh, is in the house. Good evening. One, two, three. SKG. Welcome, my friend. It's good to see you, ma'am. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit is coming on in. Also, I guess someone's show must have just ended uh, for all of my uh, usuals to be, uh, you know, run and tardy. But there's no such thing as a woodshed here. No disrespect to anyone who created it or built it, obviously. Um, let's see here. Mitradate is in the house. He'll be with us for probably another uh, 22 minutes at least. Good evening, Mitradate. How are you doing? Biden suffers from premature evacuation. Oh, I like it, Mitradate. That could be a new shirt unless you want to sell it to someone else. <laughs> Premature evacuation. That's a good one, Mitradate. I would trademark that if I were you um, or donate it uh, where you see fit. Uh, <laughs> PJ Zwiernik is in the house. Good evening. Damn right, says PJ Zwiernik, agreeing to something that's probably lost within the, uh, I don't know, I'm about 20, 30 minutes behind. No, nine minutes behind on the chat. How did our country fail so far so fast than normal country loving people are right wingers uh, good question just v apparently this is the new normal isn't it right this is the new De dragon energy 45 good evening what about having a drone locked onto the bomber and we're told to stand down what uh wtf this can't be real it's so ridiculous um, I'm, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure what you are, uh, speaking about there. What about them having a drone locked onto the bomber? Oh, right. I mean, do you mean, do you mean the family that Biden blew up and he said it was a Taliban bomber who, uh, also committed suicide during that bombing? <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense if you think about it, a uh, suicide bomber and yet, uh, they killed him, uh, through a drone attack. That makes no sense. Okay. It makes no sense. Uh, our cloaked and scene says, I remain calm amongst the chaos, calm, cool, and thoughts collected as I think to try to see the best, safest path out of the chaos. That is how we should be. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to remain calm amidst the chaos. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, president Trump was the same way guys. I mean, he had, he had turbulence around him, but he remained calm, cool, collected and steadfast and focused on his target and his goal. And that's the way we need to be, even, even in the face of the outrage that we are seeing and the, uh, and the, the things that we are suffering as a country and, and as uh, individuals, we have to keep our cool. We have to project that positivity. And even if we call, even if, even if we feel like we want to say someone should be shot and murdered, we probably shouldn't. Uh, because that is uh, just giving into that negative energy, and that just you know makes us uh, makes us to be out who who uh, against who we say we are. So uh, basically, yeah, 
basically that's what I'm saying. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have to pull away from the chat. You guys are getting, uh, you guys are getting into uh, the dialogue of violence concerning patriots is a lie, says Yavapai Michael. You're right. It is a lie. It is, it is a psyop. Okay, it is a psyop. And the reason why I present it here on my channel, on my show, in in such uh, in such um, in such uh, um, expletive and 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 uh, full. In other words, the reason why I spell it out for you guys is not because I'm saying it's happening, but it's because I watch and see all the patriots out there who mean well and whose heart means well, but we're hurting and they are displaying such emotions that. The deep state globalists can literally hijack our emotions and they can create a false pretense for action that will further their narrative. I'm not saying that the patriots are going to go out there and attack and assassinate Joe Biden. But what I am saying is the deep state will most definitely hijack our emotions if they see fit and if it fits into their narrative. And I am just putting that storyline out there for you all to consider um, because it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Yep, it could happen. But if you listen to everyone else who's just ranting and raving and pissed off mad and sick of this shit, you know, uh, and they all have guns, you know, and, and they could do something. And I know they wouldn't, but they could, you know. I mean, I don't listen to Alex Jones for a fortnight or more, uh, but imagine how I can imagine how much he's ranting and raving out there. I mean, he's probably like, yo, destroy this country. You know, imagine the energy that that entails. You know, I'm surprised that they didn't use that narrative before. And actually they have, haven't they? They have attacked themselves in the name of Americans and patriots. So uh, just think about that. Just think about that. Okay, guys, I have to pull away from the chat. Uh, <laughs> tickle me, Elmo. Belushi just tickled me. Thank you for the cookie, my friend. Vanguard360 is in the house. Uh, all of you guys... <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, real quick before we depart, because I, I have to, have to, have to, I have to get into today's report. We're already a, an hour long in. Um, um, let's see. A Texan says, Mr. C, how late are you going tonight? I was thinking about playing a trace. Well, uh, Mr. Texan, I will be off the air um, as soon as I get to my report, which we're already running a little bit late into. I might be doing a light, uh, a live tonight as well. Um, uh, just so you, you know, just so you're aware as well, because I've been promising a live or not promising, but talking about a live, um, it, it'd probably be like 30 minutes at the most, uh, after the C report. Um, cause I just wanted to share some stuff with you guys. I haven't been able to, because I am in a loft. Uh, but, uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, again, uh, good evening to you all. Welcome to the C report. We're running late. Okay, guys, I gotta get out of the chat. I gotta, gotta, gotta get out of the chat. Uh, Sean Joe reports that AJ is actually giving a lot of good info on the vax. Good, 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 good. Um, that is a good thing. Um, he's still useful for something. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. And it's called alpha male, Mitradate, not alpha power, unless he, uh, changed the name. Um, uh, and speak uneasy, uh, speak uneasy says that stuff used to, does work. I used to take it. Okay. You know, um, I am not endorsing any of his products, but, uh, I used to buy his, I used to have a lot guys. I used to have a lot of his products. I mean, I, I still have some of my, uh, my nascent, my nascent iodine <laughs> and, uh, and brain power. 
always kept me on track. Let me tell you about that. But uh, anyways, uh, Mitradate, Mitradate, uh, Alex Jones uh, is employed uh, by uh, the Stafford Group, which is a military industrial complex PR firm out of Austin, Texas. So take his words with a grain of salt. Uh, I guess you can get some truth from him, just like you can get some truth from Steve Pichenik. Uh But again, he works for the Stafford Group, which is a PR firm for the military industrial complex. It's kind of like uh, if you said uh, Rand Paul gives really good information, uh, but he is on the payroll of CNN. I wouldn't listen to Rand Paul, but uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to judge or deter you people from your information. That's all I can say. We got to get into tonight's report, guys. It's already an hour in. Let's uh, President Trump rolls here first at the C report. And uh, thank you guys for that lively conversation. Um, it's always a fun time as well as for the gold pill donations. Uh, your support is appreciated as always here at the C report. Now, uh, President Trump had a statement and two endorsements for us tonight. Uh, the first statement being record low morale for our American troops. Who can blame them? Um, a one-line statement, uh, uh, a declarative and a question, uh, much to the point of what we're seeing here. And uh, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, that statement speaks for itself. I don't think I need to get into the details. Uh, another endorsement, or maybe his first endorsement, he kind of just prodded Herschel Walker along, but an endorsement for Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker is a friend, a patriot, and an outstanding American who is going to be a great United States senator. He embodies America first and the winning spirit of Georgia. Herschel is tough on crime and borders, and he will always stand in support of law enforcement, military, and our vets. He will fight hard for our Second Amendment and voter integrity. Herschel Walker will never let you down. He was a great football player and will be an even better U.S. senator, if that's even possible. He has my complete and total endorsement. That's coming from the desk of President Trump. Now, uh, President Trump is also endorsing this individual here. That is one Burt Jones. State Senator Burt Jones is a conservative warrior running for lieutenant governor of Georgia. So he, uh, we're, we're getting a double down on Georgia from President Trump tonight. No one has fought harder for election integrity than Burt, and no state needs it more. A businessman and patriot, Bert will always stand for America first and will help bring back energy independence, a strong border, low taxes, great education, and safe cities. He will also get to the bottom of the November 3 presidential election scam. Bert Jones has my complete and total endorsement. He will not let the great people of Georgia down. What a statement from President Donald Trump. Uh, great endorsements for him to have. And again, again, you need his complete and total endorsement if you want to stand on that platter, because uh, otherwise you're going to get weeded out like we saw over in the state of Ohio, where we had like, what, 15 Republicans running and 13 of them claimed that he had they had his complete and total endorsement and he called them all out, ladies and gentlemen, because it wasn't theirs. It was uh, someone else's. Uh, but yes, so that was our statements from President Trump today and, uh, you know, endorsements all around. Again, of course, Afghanistan still heavily on the mind. Uh, just to touch on that real briefly, uh, we'll talk about one of the latest scandals coming from Afghanistan, if, uh, if though the entire thing were not a scandal enough. 
Um, apparently, uh, there has been a transcript of a conversation between a uh, globalist, uh, globalist Western-backed president in uh, a fake Joe Biden and globalist Western-backed Afghanistan president uh, Ghani, President Ghani over there in Afghanistan. Now, let's not forget, the two guys on our screen are Western globalist-backed installments, Okay. They installed Biden by cheating and they installed uh, Ghani by uh, regime change, okay, and and uh, faking us out on weapons of mass destruction, i.e. Um, um, Osama Hussein bin Laden, right, um, over in Afghanistan. Now, uh, these two men, and this is kind of sad, right? Um, you know, uh, we published the uh, transcript of the President Trump, President Zelensky phone call over at thecreport.com. Talk about a conversation, right? Uh, don't know how long the conversation was, but it was it was pages long, right? Well, in this transcript between Ghani and Biden, it's a 14 minute phone call. You would think with a country being toppled by America's worst enemy in terrorism, the Taliban, after we'd fought for the people of Afghanistan and the vengeance of America um, and, and uh, you occupied this country for 20 years and installed this fake globalist Western-backed government that Biden could uh, take a little bit more time than 14 minutes to console him on his country being torn apart and, uh, and his army, uh, you know, not having the wherewithal, according to Biden, to, uh, to fight for their, uh, for their so sovereignty. Uh, th this entire conversation, which came out just reeks of the fakeness, reeks of reeks of the uh, the um, the ploy that's being installed here. And it shows you exactly how the globalists really don't give a damn about any nation or any people. And they will do whatever it takes and they will go through the motions. They will phone it in. Uh, so to speak, uh, in order to pursue their goals. Okay. Uh, now, um, the uh, phone call was actually leaked to Reuters. Um, and in this phone call, Biden lauded the Afghan armed forces. Okay. So Ghani is calling him crying. He's like, we need your help, Air Biden. We need your help. We need, uh, we need, uh, we need, uh, air, air force support. We need people in the air bombing, you know, the Taliban, right? You know? Even though allegedly that's what they'd been doing like a few weeks prior. Anyway, so Biden, uh, Biden lauds the Afghan armed forces and, uh, he notes how they were trained and funded by the United States government. He says, you clearly have the best military. You have 300,000 well armed forces versus 70 to 80,000, uh, armed, uh, Taliban people, right? And, uh, again, Biden believes that's so they're capable of fighting off these people. And you know what? If they were trained by United States government, uh, I'm pretty sure that these people, uh, these uh, these Afghan warriors, this uh, proxy army for the globalist elite, could fight off the Taliban pretty well. But again, the question comes up, why were they not able to fight off the Taliban? How could an army of 300,000 soldiers be defeated by 70 to 80,000 Durka Durka, you know, um, um, towel wearing, uh, you know, sand camps, right? Like, how could that happen? It makes no sense, right? Well, if you guys remember what President Trump said about the Afghanistan army, 
it might make sense. So again, Biden saying, don't cry, dry your eye, President Ghani, who used to work for the United Nations and uh, the World Bank, uh, you know, because uh, you have the best army. You were trained by the United States government, right? Um, um, Biden um, also called on, uh, called on Ghani to publicly project that he had a plan to control the worsening situation. So Biden, Biden is here sitting down in this uh, conversation that he probably snored halfway through. And uh, Ghani saying, we're being defeated. You know, our country's being taken over by the uh, Taliban. They already got, you know, a lot of our, our major uh, cities and stuff like that. And Biden's like, well, President Ghani, what we need you to do is we need you to get on TV and we need you to project to lie, to tell the world that the Afghan government has it under control and the Taliban are running for the hills. They are retreating to the caves from which these Durka Durkas came from, right? That's what Biden is asking him to do, which kind of makes you wonder why. And it's really interesting how through this conversation and this entire situation, uh, on a side note, we can get the perspective of how these people think. Now, we've all seen the movies and the TV shows and the programs and even 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 the documentaries where people start saying things. Well, public opinion says, you know, um, um, the uh, the perception and the polling of the public is this. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is also an example about why President Trump could not make certain moves in regard to uh, things like uh calling the vaccine fake, right? Calling the pandemic fake, uh, um, using the Insurgency Act, um, arresting President Biden select. Uh, it's all a question of public opinion. So Biden tells Ghani, uh, if you can get on TV and project that you are beating the Taliban, then we can come and strike with Air Force uh, and take them out and attack. You know, and that's the only way that they could do it. Like, isn't that interesting, guys? Isn't it interesting to note that we installed a regime in Afghanistan on the heels of uh, Osama bin Laden hiding out there? And yet Biden could not even allow American forces to go in and take out the Taliban, which would uh, therefore protect United States citizens and the expats that were living there and protect the Afghans who were assisting United States and other Western, uh, Western backed uh, governments in Afghanistan, because uh, it was very apparent to the world via media that the Taliban were winning and Afghanistan was losing. And because that was the uh, projection, because that was the scenario that was uh, being observed and the prominent political opinion, they could not go in there and support a government that we installed, okay? And and that's why uh, polling and, and uh, ratings are very important, popular opinion. That's why they also have things like uh, um, preemptive programming to get the story out there, to change the public opinion so they can move forward and advance a narrative based on the public's opinion. So anyways, in the call, like I said, Biden offered aid if President Ghani could publicly project he had a plan to control the spiraling situation in Afghanistan. He said, and I quote, we will continue to provide close air support if we know what the plan is. Ghani could not even give them a plan uh, because Ghani is like, we're going to we're we're getting taken over. We're getting destroyed by the Taliban. And so and again, 300,000 Afghan soldiers versus 
70,000 Taliban. What's going on here, right? Biden also told Ghani, uh, I need not to tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well. <laughs> He's like, things are not going well, President Ghani. Uh, um, and uh, um, in, and uh, in lieu of that, uh, um, you know, uh, he says, uh, I, uh, I believe that uh, that's in terms of a fight against the Taliban. He says, and there is a need, whether it's true or not. Biden says this to President Ghani. There is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. And he urged him uh, to give a press conference with Afghanistan's prominent political figures backing a new military strategy. He says that will change perception and that will change an awful lot, I think. Okay, so apparently the Satanists cannot move forward with any plans unless there's already a perception of the way things should be. It must be some kind of karmic rule, right? It must be some kind of karmic rule. Or, or maybe it's because it would be against some sort of war, I don't know, war rules or laws that you can't just go in there and bomb the hell out of the Taliban um, because it's not our war to fight. I don't know, because it would bring uh, further, uh, you know, public opinion against, you know, Herr Biden, uh, even though he's already uh, taken care of that himself, pretty much. Uh, needless to say, 23 days later after that conversation, uh, you know, uh, Ghani was fleeing the country with, uh, you know, oodles of cash and uh, there he goes, back to his World Bank job or maybe working at the United Nations. Um, but, you know, uh, there was another conversation that had come out um, after that, um, wherein, uh, let's see here, um, it was, uh, I believe it was Victoria Milley who's actually involved in that conversation. And he said the same thing. He said that uh, we needed to change the public perception of the Taliban winning Right. And uh, and, uh, and in fact, uh, put it in the public's mind that Afghanistan was winning. And I guess that was so they could do whatever they want. But now here's some key points. because I just told you what Biden said. Here's some key points about what President Ghani, the former employee for the United Nations and the World Bank said. He said to President, uh, he said to uh, to illegitimate joke Biden, he said, Mr. President, we are facing a full scale invasion composed of Taliban full Pakistani planning and logistical support. Did you guys catch that? Because I don't think Reuters caught that. He said, we are facing a full-scale invasion composed of Taliban, full Pakistani planning and logistical support. Okay, so Pakistan was supporting the Taliban in this effort, okay? Because across the news, I keep seeing Pakistan as being lauded as one of our allies, okay? And, uh, and, and uh, indeed, they're allies with China, but there's other reports in that regard. But here's what also President Ghani said. He said, in addition to the Taliban and full Pakistani support, there are at least 10 to 15,000 international terrorists, predominantly Pakistanis, who are being thrown into this, that are taking down Afghanistan and overthrowing this Western-backed globalist regime installment that was the Afghanistan government. So uh, something that other people 
and definitely not the White House or the Pentagon or even Reuters will consider is that it was not just the Taliban who took back the country of Afghanistan. You know, and that's very, very important information when you have the Taliban coming out there and saying that they're going to try and strive for a, a civil and brand new Afghanistan under Taliban rule. When it's not just the Taliban, but also elements of Pakistan and 10 to 15,000 other international terrorists that descended on Afghanistan, uh, then that's, that's a horse of a different color. Now, here's another point that I think was worth noting in regards to this conversation. President Ghani also told President-select Biden uh, regarding procedure for the rest of the assistance. For instance, military pay has not increased for over a decade. Military pay has not increased for over a decade. We need to make some gestures to rally everybody together. So if you could assign the National Security Advisor or the Pentagon, anyone you wish to work with us on the details, so our expectations, particularly regarding your close air support, is there. Do you remember what President Trump said? President Trump said the Afghanistan army, some 300,000 soldiers, were the highest and most well-paid army in the world, being funded by the American tax dollar, okay? Now, that is more of a reason for 300 Afghan soldiers to stand down against a trivial force of 70,000 Taliban and uh, at Pakistan and uh, uh, other international terrorists than they just lost the heart to fight for Afghanistan, as what uh, Joe Biden would say, right? Wouldn't you guys think so? That, uh, that sounds more like a reason for uh, 300,000 soldiers to lose to 70,000 soldiers. And it's not because the Afghanistan have Durka Durka, you know, gin magic. Uh, it's quite frankly because they weren't being paid. And even in this conversation, President Ghani asked President Biden, his words, to increase the rate of pay for the Afghan soldiers. Interesting facts. Interesting, interesting facts in this entire, uh, this entire convoluted sequence of events that, uh, you know, herald the downfall of uh, President-select Biden in, in regards to that. But uh, that's about all I have to update you guys on uh, this entire situation on Afghanistan. I think it's time that we move on to other elements uh, that we should maybe retain focus on. All right, that's going to take us over to the state of Arizona. We got a quick update for you guys in this regard. And some of you guys are probably saying, what? Arizona has an update. What are you talking about, Mr. C? They had not put nothing in the papers yet about Arizona. Okay, so uh, where are we leading off on Arizona? Um, you know, um, Doug and the Cyber Ninjas, they uh, contracted COVID, right? So that has put the Senate report off, 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 off. We're already into September. And uh, the uh, report has not yet been published, but... You you know, um, we also know that uh, uh, the uh, Arizona Maricopa County Board of Supervisors are have been commanded to turn over, you know, um, said materials as requested by the Arizona Senate. We've yet to hear a response from them, uh, but they need to do it soon. Um, they're they are on a uh, they are on a time crunch, most definitely. And then we also know that the Arizona Senate 
um, recently, within the last two weeks, received uh, the uh, images of the envelopes that were to accompany the absentee ballots. So they had to go into that as well. All things told, there's been a complete holdup on what's going on in Arizona. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, I do have for you guys tonight um, a uh, an interview with Patrick Byrne. Now, you guys might remember Patrick Byrne. Patrick Byrne seems to be much more of a household name these days amongst the Patriot community and their families in regards to his involvement with um, the Arizona Maricopa County um, uh, election audit and indeed his efforts to fight for election integrity and the sovereignty of this nation, that which we call these United States of America. Um, and in a recent interview, uh, Patrick Byrne had a few things to say about what is going on in Arizona. Um, I will leave it to his words to share that with you all. Um, but uh, I found it quite interesting uh, about what he had to say, including the fact that uh, the Arizona GOP is trying to um, manipulate the results of the Arizona audit. So uh, here for you now, ladies and gentlemen, we have this interview with um, Patrick Byrne and L. Todd Wood of CD Media. Um, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Operation. So everyone wonders when the Arizona audit comes out. Uh, we have the guy with us who's going to tell us what the latest is. Patrick Byrne's been on the show multiple times. Welcome, Patrick. Todd, good to see you again, sir. So what do you got for us, Patrick? Well, uh, my sense is, and I need to be clear, I'm kept more than an arm's length distance from the Maricopa audit. I did... Since November 4th, I've been dealing with people in Arizona and helping fund grassroots movements as they emerge and talking to people. And so, but I really played a background role. And when they went ahead with the audit, that, you know, anyway, so I'm really at arm's length. I've set up funding mechanisms. But, but because I, I do talk to some people because people have been saying, well, we need more money to investigate this. And so, so I, 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 I'm sort of 90% in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that as a preamble, my sense is you're going to see delivered this week, if it has not been delivered already, which it may have, but if not, you're going to be seeing it delivered this coming week, the report to the Arizona Senate. And then in the following week, which would be the week after Labor Day, you would see the, uh, you will see the report out to the public. Uh, so that's, that's on timing. Okay. I had I had thought it would it was already delivered to the Senate at least part of it maybe not all of it I guess yeah well what I have learned in recent weeks there's really different parts I know that yeah. much. there's the part yeah. that cyber ninjas everyone knows about cyber ninjas uh, I didn't even know until a couple months into the audit that actually Jovan was working was contracted to cyber ninjas didn't even know that but in the last few weeks I've become aware there are other efforts outside of the cyber ninjas efforts other uh, other efforts here. And Karen Fan, the Senate president, magnificent patriot, has been sort of very cleverly keeping this airtight, watertight. Mm -hmm. So it's all being pulled together is what I know. And I've not read it. Don't know. Don't know. But I do know this much. Word is reaching of attempted political interference. Mm. Not from Karen. Karen's terrific. But there are other political figures who are suddenly realizing uh, either that they might be in a position to take some credit for this 
or for whatever reason, they seem to be trying to get their, they seem to think that they maybe should be having a say in what that report says. Are these national figures or state figures? State figures. Arizona state figures. I'm not going to name names now, but there are, word has reached me of attempted, what sounds to me, frankly, Mm-hmm. You know, borderline inappropriate mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of some that, and I'm not going to name any names, and I'll say it's not Karen Fan. Karen Fan is, mm-hmm. is terrific. But there is some borderline, and well, Karen Fan wouldn't let anything inappropriate happen, I'm sure. But there are some, uh, I'll put it this way there are people, in my view, what's happened here is you have all these institutions that are vouching for the integrity of these of elections. Mm-hmm. And the people no longer trust any of those institutions. They have said they want to check for themselves. And through their Senate, they said, we don't want to, we don't want to hear from the DOJ, from the FBI, from the Federal Election Commission. We don't want to hear from the State Election Commission. We don't want to hear from the Maricopa this or anything. We want it checked, Senate. And the Senate... Which, which is the way the founders set it up, closest to the people. And the, and the senators have said, mm-hmm. we have hired some technicians to perform a to look into this mm-hmm. what those technicians report should be what those technicians report there's no excuse for any political figure to reach in and have any say not one fucking comma yeah not one comma the people don't trust the political class they want a direct answer and that there's some politicians who I'm not naming now but who are actually trying to reach in and say, well, they get a say and the, the, they want to say in, in, in the drafting of the audit, I think is extraordinarily inappropriate, sure. uh, frankly, uh, unless it's a very, very limited reason and a very specific thing that maybe they have some technical knowledge and have some reason to address or something. Uh, but for any political figure, in the state to be thinking that they should be have be in a position to rewrite or or change or soften conclusions and and, and that you know is is really problematic the and that's the danger here I, i'll tell you i know enough from the sub from the subcontractors involved and from being around and supplying this and needing to get an answer on that i know that they have found really really problematic stuff yeah and and you know and i'll tell you i'm happy to be in atlanta uh, today and wendy rogers has been here she's not wendy rogers wendy who's is there's another one from out there or when uh well townsend but rogers is the one going around all the states she was yeah yeah. well one of them uh or, or well anyway there was a female uh senator from arizona and at georgia with michael flynn this weekend that's rogers yes rogers well Mm -hmm. he told me because she has had some briefings as to what's going on he told me that she's actually been in front of crowds this weekend saying look they found this and they found this and they found the other thing well i don't know if she should be doing that but the, the the point is they know they know and they should not let any political figure Political class is going to come in and try to water this down. Mm. All the political class, the Republican 
political class of Arizona, the rhinos, the nobody. Of course. So they are going to try to water this down. I'm sure they've all been promised federal judgeships or sacks of cash and under the streetlight if they can get this killed at this late date or watered down. And I think the public of Arizona should go ballistic at the possibility of any political figure getting his fingers on this. This should go from Doug and the other leaders of the different efforts, however it's structured, to Karen Chan, and that's that. And it's, it's, it's shocking to me that I'm now hearing there are political figures who think they should have a whole, anybody running for office, anybody who has any possibility of being touched, we cannot have uh, getting a chance to affect this, this because they're all fucking bought off. That's what we've learned. Everybody's yeah. corrupt. It's all corrupt. Let me go. If we go, to, if this loses, this is our last chance. This is a, this is a, the Kareem, what was it? Kareem Al-Jabbar. Was he the guy with the sky hook? The big, this is that sky hook for, at the end of the game. You're one point down. This is it. If we lose this in Arizona, look, other states, I'm hearing, you know, other states a month ago, there were 20 of them lined up. But with so much going on now, and if they're able to take the lugs out, legs out from under the Maricopa audit, and this fizzles out around the country, we're done. It's done. You know, it's so bad. I can tell, I'm biting my tongue on some things I want to tell you. I know things now that are not public, not just about Arizona, but about things nationwide. I'll tell you this. Our republic is done. Our republic is done. This, the elections are far more corrupt than anyone has any idea. We're not talking about 1% or 2%. We're talking about, and I did a partial interview with you earlier today, Todd. You're welcome to use that clip and have me explain that. That uh, that one right. or two percent that I always have been hearing about for twenty years. I'd love. This isn't one or two percent. We're talking, I think, ten, twelve, fifteen percent fake votes. The republic. There's no. There. It's over. Democracy's over. If you have that, and that can survive, something so extraordinary can survive because they fought for six months. Anyone opening a box, and by hook or by crook, we finally got some good open box. For three months, they've been looking at boxes. And if they're able to want to kill that, we're done. It means they can have rigged elections. There's no point in even having the elections anymore. We're, we're at an inflection point for the Republic. Either we go one way or the other. Yeah. You know, we, we get, you know, I was telling you the mask is off. We know what they're doing. Um, you know, I think Trump forced their hand. And that's the silver line. But we have to do something about it. So, yeah, this can't. The people of Arizona should make it very clear they will not accept any political interference in this report. It should be, and it's the kiss of death. If politicians get involved, the whole point was that we don't trust the politicians. We right. want to know that some technologists to look at stuff and tell us what they find. To have them spend all these millions of dollars and all these months and all this effort to do that, and then some weenie politician or two to get involved and say, well, I need to, it's cuckoo. Yeah. Messages. So that, that's where things stand. Uh, and I hope that it's made really clear in social media that the citizens of Arizona and this country do not want any political interference in this report from the political class of Arizona, which is what the Republican political class, believe it or not, there are some weak sisters, there are some, some rhinos who are actually... Oh, we believe it. Yeah, we believe it. it. It's all corrupt. The way some of these political rhinos are doing this is 
they're trying to argue that the report should only be allowed to go and address the original construct of the report, the original assignment of the audit, and leave out other things that have been found. Right. And my understanding that they found, yeah. My understanding is that I have found a lot of other things that our original understanding of how the bad guys affected the steel, the rig, was not 100% correct. Some of the things were correct, some of the things were not correct, but even the things that were not correct turned out to be involved but for a different reason. So, for example, the adjudication process. I've been told that, you know, we all thought the adjudication was they put it into that and then they just give everything to Biden. That's not it. There's a reason to, there's another reason to drive things into adjudication. And that other reason has to do with bypassing the controls on the original assignment of, of a association with a voter. And it, it, right. it's complicated. It gets it by going into adjudication. It bypasses that normal thing. And I've been told that there are areas of Phoenix that turn out to have adjudication rates over 50%. Yeah. So that's a little bit like, you know, imagine a guy has a girlfriend who says, hey, honey, I don't trust you. And I want to, I want to check your phone and look at your internet browser and look at what you've been looking at. And I'm going to check your iMessages as well. And the guy hands over the phone and she goes through the iMessages, the internet browser, and doesn't find anything. But she goes on WhatsApp and she finds all kinds of stuff. She doesn't want to and she brings it, in the, and that boyfriend right. says, no, 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 you told me you were going to look at iMessage, and you were going to look at, you know, ah, you don't, you don't get to, uh, no, no, you don't. Well, that's what some, what I'm being told is some in the Republican political class, and not the good ones whose names you can get, like Karen Fan, but there right. are other political figures right. who are saying, look, the audit was, the, the construct or the scope of the audit was this. And all this other shit that they have found that's outside that scope, we got to exclude from the report because the report was just the audit was just for this. Well, that's absurd, and they're trying and they're going to try to water it down. How horrible is that? So the pe well, the people of America, well, the people of Arizona, should remind their the politicians that. This all started because the politicians don't want to take their word for it. I mean, the citizens no longer want to take the word of politicians, of departments of justice, of federal guys, of election commissions, of, of county election boards. We doubt them all. We doubt them all. And we, the people, have hired our own technology through our Senate of Arizona, hired our own technicians to look into it. And we want to know what they said. We don't want to hear what... Some politicians think that they say, or some politicians understanding of actually after the technicians did their work, this is the part that we think uh, that we feel comfortable with. That's that defeats the point of the whole exercise. No one trusts them anymore. They want the citizens of Arizona want to hear from those technologists what happened. They don't want it, they don't need any politician to interpret it for them. And there are what I'm being told is there are political figures who are warming up to say and saying. Hey, it was out, if it's outside the scope of that initial set of instructions, then it can't be included. Well, but it has me livid, and I hope the citizenry of Arizona goes apeshit.
about this and let their let the, let social media know, let their elected politicians know they don't want to hear from any elected official or wannabe elected official, say someone who thinks he's running for office next year, perhaps, who wants to get involved in this and, and put any strictures on that report. That's not their role. The people of Arizona wanted a techno some technologists to look into it and report. And they're not interested in hearing what politicians think of what those technologists say and decide what they can let on to the public. The whole point of this is we don't trust the authority figures anymore. And the political class should hear that loudly and clearly from the people of Arizona. But my current understanding is that the Senate, this Karen Fan, who sounds like a real hero, I've never met her, uh, the Senate president did some very clever stuff and this has been more cellular in structure than we knew, than Doug. So uh, Doug Logan of Cyber Ninjas has been performing parts of this audit and the other technical people. But it turns out there's other pieces and other groups that have been handling different aspects for uh, Senator Fan, And so, so. This is a pretty thorough. So you're saying, saying she's got other things going on, is what you're saying? Behind that, most people don't know about. That they most exactly. people don't know about, and it's all kind of come up. And at the top, there's people I didn't even know who were involved, who were sort of uh -huh. synthesi synthesizing the research from different lines of effort, of which Doug is just one line of effort. But there's other lines of mm -hmm. effort, it turns out. And I know enough to know I don't. That, well, everybody's trying to be real punctilious with me, but I. But I don't think there's a clean bill of health coming. I think things have been, my sense is things have been submitted this week. I don't know that for a fact. But uh, if they haven't been, it'll be early this coming week. And my sense is also the Senate wants some days to look at the stuff and say, what did you mean by this? And could you clarify that? And we think you ought to rewrite this and such before it gets released to the public. So collectively, I think we're about one week away from the public having this. Okay. And I think you're going to find, you know, there's 10,000 votes. Uh, Biden won by 10,000 votes. My guess is you're going to hear numbers. I, I think that how, well, it is clear because I've learned a lot. This is not one big cheat. There's not one big cheat. What we've realized is there's like 20 different, Cheats. It's a poos cafe. I've been calling it a, a, one of those disgusting layered drinks of 20 different liqueurs of these different cheats. And th these are all kind of hypotheses. And what we're going to find out is, after all this, uh, which of these hypotheses, when we were high school chemistry, which of them turned out to be true? I think uh, enough of them have turned out to be true to get to over 10,000 ballots. I think I won't be surprised if they have hundreds of thousands of votes they have identified as illegitimate. I would not be surprised at that, but I I don't want to get ahead of anybody. What tell us about Georgia, uh, Patrick? What do you know? You're in Atlanta. You're you're there doing some sightseeing. And so we're expecting Arizona soon. What do you think about Georgia? Well, Georgia is there was an investigative team that came out this week using cell phone data. They have identified over 200 people from their cell phones who just ran around, drove around among ballot boxes over and over, uh, stopping at ballot boxes. 200 people. Not really uh, driving around and stopping at ballot boxes all around Atlanta, and not not with the government or something. I mean, not people collecting the ballots, but some civilians. 
kind of hard to think right. of an innocent explanation for that. Now it's coming apart on them. We can tell you what they did. A lot of this turns out to have to do with the voter rolls and management of the voter rolls. And there's a reason. Did you just hear that somebody, I think it was Michigan, was all proud that they just flushed 250,000 people off their voter rolls? And Maricopa, right. Right. Maricopa flushed 18,000 people off their voter rolls the day after the vote. Well, the real question is going to be, how many of those people voted on November 3rd? And yeah. how many of them are real people? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to turn out, that's another thing. It's going to turn out there's a lot of people who are not real people. And there's a lot of people who are real people who didn't vote and their votes got used by someone else. And within that class, there's a lot of real people who didn't vote for part of the day. Then they showed up at the end of the day and said, hey, I'd like to vote. And they were told, no, sorry, we check our records show you've already voted. Uh, I right. think that there, there's more of that than people know. Uh, but in Arizona, and this is already public, so I'll let you know this much. They've, they have found, you know, one house with two bedrooms that had 52 votes submitted from it. Things like this. So, right. uh, so there are non-existent people and there are existing people who didn't vote, but their votes are in the system. And there are existing people who didn't vote, but then tried to vote and were told, no, your vote was already used. So it's, it's a shit show for one of a better start of it. It's, it's such a crap fest. It changes. It has to change the entire American perspective on our elections. Do you mind if I expand on this for a moment, Todd? Yeah, please go ahead, Patrick. I really have had a light interest in this for 15 to 20 years because I actually know activists on both sides. I'm here in Atlanta with some my uh, some wonderful friends, long-term friends, but they're sort of radical black Muslim activists. And so not normally... I don't know, it's a different crowd than I normally mix, but we're here, I mean, something to do with Martin Luther King and such. Uh, I've been hearing from both sides of the aisle for the first time was 2004. And I'll tell you two stories, and I won't even tell you which party the two, the two reflect. One was someone telling me that, uh, that when you vote in her state, and she was an activist in her state, if you go into the precinct, and what the Republicans would do, well, I'm, I'm, I'll, leave the, I'll leave the parties out. You go into the precinct, and there's somebody, this is when uh, the precinct worker might have an ink pad in his pocket. And if you walk up to hand in your ballot, and you don't look like you're in the party that that person likes, that person just rubs his finger along the ink pad in his pocket, and he takes your ballot, but is he's taking and smudging it in just the right spot, so then when it gets entered into the machine, it doesn't get read right. So there's tricks like that. But then there are yeah. other then there are other tricks with the old mechanical machines. And again, I was hearing, and this was from the other party towards the first party. I, I was being told that, you know, if we go in and try to observe in the precincts, we know that at the end of the day, they just open up the back of this machine and there's a little tab and they flip it if there's, you know, a thousand people registered to vote and only 400 or 500 who showed up, they take this, they just flip it 500 times and they get 500 straight line party votes for my, my right. opposing party. And it, it really shouldn't matter which part, those people who told me those stories 15, 18 years ago from, from different parties, and it really doesn't matter which party they were from. But it was, so to me, 
And everyone I know who's been sort of in the grassroots of politics has confirmed to me over the years from the 90s. There is far more of this. This goes on in every precinct. And people keep eyes on each other for the ink pads and the pockets and these different little tricks. Well, given the ubiquity of that kind of feedback to me from the people who worked at the grassroots level, I've always thought that there's far more election fraud in America than is generally understood. Just like on Wall Street, I was the guy who figured out long before 08, oh, there's a whole bunch of mischief going on here that people don't know about. So there's a lot of mischief, and the, com the computers didn't hide. The, the computers just didn't take it away. It just made it easier to hide. So I think that this, and what's funny is all these years, there's been this bromide that has been regurgitated by the mainstream media, although now like they're getting more obvious in their techniques. But the bromide was, oh, it's a myth that there's any significant election fraud. And there was, believe it or not, one of your, you should check into this. This would make a hell of a story. For years, the press jumped up and down and said, well, there was this study that showed there's not any real election fraud. It's very rare. Well, that all turned to trace back to one, the work of one graduate student, I believe it was University of Arizona, who was a, for a master's degree, sent a letter to these attorneys general of 50 states and said, how many election fraud cases did you uh, can, uh, have been prosecuted? And she heard back from about a third of the states and she took some, you know, and so really, really poor quality of data. And from that concluded that there was no election fraud. It's a flimsy master's degree research paper became, if you trace the thousands of stories that came out from like that I, from 06 to 2015 about, oh, there's no election fraud, there's no election fraud, it traced back to that one crappy, very incomplete graduate student's work. So only, uh, so I've always thought there was some kind of cover-up. Uh, what I already know, and I'm trying to be coy because I'm not really supposed to know much, and I don't know much, but I know enough that I know all of my fears over these 15 or 20, what I, where that left me with was a thought that one to 2% of the votes in the system were fake. And one to 2% of the votes in the system being fake is enormously important. Americans, you know, you might think that, uh, what does that, you know, there's a hundred points, what's cheating one or two? Well, really the, if it's a football game, it's all played between the two 45 yard lines, right? I mean, you never really hear anyone winning by more than 55, 45 or pretty rare. So if you got a way to cheat, and most of them are sort of 52, 48, if you got a way to cheat one or 2%, that turns out to be enormously important. I think the numbers that may come out of Arizona may indicate percentages that are in the high single digits of votes or possibly more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and that was uh, a portion of the interview with Patrick Byrne. Great and interesting conversation coming out of the chat in regards to uh, Patrick Byrne. And it's always a great conversation whenever I have characters like Patrick Byrne or any of the other individuals whom are associated with him uh, displayed in our shows here over at the Sea Report and beyond. Uh, but indeed, um, uh, if you guys think about it, um, I had a, I had a comment here uh, from, um, uh, let me see, who is it that said that? Uh, uh, Jimbo2112, uh, did I say that right? Did I get that right? Uh, Jimbo2121 says, you have any proof of this that isn't an anecdote uh, with the question mark? 
Um, but if, if you kind of think about what he's saying, uh, he's basically relaying a story about all of the evidence that has already come out through the Michigan audit and the Arizona audit. He's like, he's, he's being diplomatic to a point of annoyance. You know, some people would call him extremely, uh, polite and, and, and well-spoken. Um, I don't know why he plays the game that way. Uh, I don't know if that's in his contract, if that's what some of you guys believe it. But um, anyways, that, that's besides the point. Uh, he didn't say anything different than Professor David, Professor David Clements said on, uh, on some show recently uh, where he said uh, that basically uh, what was going to come out of Arizona was going to knock the socks off and be bigger than anyone ever thought. All conjecture and all without sauce and definitely without any details. But everyone seems to take that man uh, seriously, Professor David Clements. Uh, keeping in mind, again, that, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Byrne did fund uh, the Arizona audit to the tune of like, what, one, two, three, five million dollars uh, and was also... Uh, uh, designated to be in charge of the America Project, which will pursue forensic audits around the United States of America. In fact, this man is working with Matthew DiPerno, the constitutional lawyer out of Michigan, and was appointed by General Michael Flynn to run the gambit for uh, for the people in the name of this nonprofit organization. So I don't know. Um, um, when I when I got into this, uh, people were pretty much touting Patrick Byrne to be a, a shill. And uh, to be, um, I mean, uh, to be to be uh, someone who so, someone said that he kept President Trump from talking to people that um, that he needed to speak to, which I don't I don't know what that story is all about. But uh, I don't know. I, I've listened to what this man has to say, and uh, I guess I'm at fault for times taking people at 100 percent based on their words and trusting them. But uh, I also trust my gut you know, to that, uh, to that end. Uh, so, uh, may, may the books of history prove me wrong. Um, and, uh, we'll stick with it until that end, but either way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I still think that, uh, it is, uh, it is a point of view or a conversation worth having. Cause can you imagine how it would be, uh, if, if this guy actually were everything that he said he was, and that's, that's including spying. Yeah. He has said things to the effect of spying, um, um, uh, and working with uh, white hat uh, hackers and other things like that. Um, but I mean, hey, you know, I, 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 he could be something totally that uh, he's not, according to what he says it is. But based on uh, what I've read and some of the circles I've heard he's been uh, in association with, um, and pretty high up as well, um, I kind of take my word for it. But uh, I trust my sources. And uh, those are not inside sources by any means, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, those are just things that come across my desk. And if they come across my desk, they can come across your desk too. Um, but that's just about where we, uh, that's just about where we have to say with that. Now for the next story tonight, I thought that was pretty interesting though. A uh, uh, pretty interesting conversation. I enjoy listening to Patrick talking. Let's talk about another person who is associated with Patrick Byrne. That's right. Sidney Powell who is also associated with Patrick Byrne and working with him uh, to ensure election audits. Now, that's probably not fair to say. It's probably not fair to say that Sidney Powell is working uh, directly side by side with Patrick Byrne, uh, but is most definitely associated in the fight uh, to prove election fraud and to prove that the 2020 presidential elections were in fact stolen uh, quite treasonously from the powers that be that would be the globalists leaders. Now, uh, Sidney Powell, 
uh, General Michael Flynn, Patrick Byrne, all run in the same circles, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, um, uh, freedom-loving, uh, God-fearing patriots uh, that are trying to fight to maintain our freedom as symbol symbolized through the vote that is election integrity. Our vote is a symbol of our freedom, okay? Now, yes, yes, this is a fact. Sidney Powell and General Michael Flynn and Patrick Byrne do run in the same circles, okay? So anyways, uh, let's just uh, move along from that. Look up the America Project. Um, they, also they also sponsored and funded the Patriot Roundup uh, for any of those who were in attendance or had any doubt um, that should actually make me think twice, but anyways, okay, let's talk about the story on Sidney Powell. Okay. Now, uh, as we all, this, this, this story, I guess would be better framed as the, uh, tribulation of Sidney Powell, right? Uh, because we're seeing that, uh, uh, all Patriots, uh, the new normal that should be expected in regards to Patriots is that, uh, they will suffer, suffer some type of persecution based on their beliefs and based on the way that they will, you know, that they will uh, they will stand up for what they know to be true in their heart and for what they have witnessed. Let us not forget uh, we were all standing there side by side with the likes of Sidney Powell and General Michael Flynn through the persecution that they have faced um, at the hands of the globalists and those who seek to override the will of the people in the United States. Um, in regards to Sidney Powell, um, you know, uh, most recently, as we reported about a week ago here at the Sea Report, uh, a federal judge by the name of Linda Parker has imposed sanctions upon Sidney Powell um, um, and um, filed a, who had filed a lawsuit in Michigan. And this is stemming from the state of Michigan. Uh, but uh, Judge Linda Parker ordered the attorneys to pay the state of Michigan and the city of Detroit's legal fees and complete continuing legal education. And uh, Judge Parker also ordered the court's clerk to give a copy of the decision to the Michigan Attorney's Grievance Commission and the appropriate disciplinary authority where each attorney is admitted to practice to refer the matter for investigation and possible suspension or disbarment. So at this point, with these, uh, with these uh, sanctions foisted upon Sidney Powell for defending America and defending our vote, uh, she's looking at possibly being disbarred. Uh, or having a suspension of her legal license, uh, at least in the state of Michigan. Uh, but they have referred their their case to other states indeed. In, indeed, even now, uh, the state of Texas is looking at disciplinary action towards Cindy Powell, uh, Sidney Powell. Uh, the disciplinary arm of the State Bar of Texas is going to hold an investigatory hearing on the fate of far-right attorney, again, far-right according to the article that I purged this from, Sidney Powell's law license in November, the Michigan Attorney General's office said Thursday after filing a complaint against Sidney Powell earlier this year, kicking off a multi-step process that could potentially result in her being sanctioned or disbarred. So, and in fact, they're going to move this forward into all the states where she tried that case and represented um, um, based on the fact that uh, that uh, they say she uh, they say that she basically was uh, abusing her license and uh, and espousing things that were not credible and not true. OK, now some other key facts in this case is that uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassell, who often is in bed and scissors with 
with uh, wretched Gretchen Whitmer and probably the Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, said in a statement that uh, it had received notice uh, Texas's office of the Chief Disciplinary Council and that they granted an investigatory hearing related to Powell's law license, which is set to take place on November 4th. So uh, I'm ashamed that even the state of Texas is looking at uh, casting sanctions on Sidney Powell. Uh, Nacelle, uh, Michigan Governor Wretched Gretchen Whitmer and Secretary of State Jocelyn Snakes Benson filed complaints in February with the disciplinary boards in Texas and in Michigan against Powell and three other lawyers behind a post-election lawsuit alleging widespread fraud in the state, which argued Powell violated multiple rules of professional conduct for Texas lawyers. Right. And, you know, Attorney Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton stood up against the state of Pennsylvania, you know, for disenfranchising the people of Texas and stood as an example towards 20 plus other states against the state of Pennsylvania, right? So I don't understand how it is that the state of Texas can actually try and disbar and hold sanctions against Sidney Powell, who did not even try her case in the state of Texas. Uh, maybe I need to get a letter over to Ken Paxton and he needs to oversee what's going on here because let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't think uh, he should let this stand in the fact that uh, Ken Paxton was fighting for the very same cause that Sidney Powell was fighting for. Um, at least in my purview. Anyways, um, uh, according to them, again, Powell violated rules that prohibited attorneys from bringing frivolous compa complaints and knowingly making a false statement of material fact or law, which is interesting, guys, because attorneys can't seem to bring this point to the fact. But for some reason, defendants can use the same type of idea to uh, to stand in court and claim their innocence. Uh, that might be part of the entire innocence till proven guilty clause of our existence and sovereignty here. But it is an interesting fact. It is an interesting fact. Um, anyhow, so again, uh, they they claim that the uh, Sidney Powell um, um, used uh, facts or um, um, complaints that she knew to be false and engaged in conduct that was dishonest, fraud fraudulent and deceitful and misrepresentational in order to advance her case. Um, uh, and of course, you know, again, affidavits, uh, evidence that has been, uh, has been uh, examined and proven by um, not only as we will see the cyber ninjas and the Senate of the state of Arizona in regards to Maricopa County, but already as we have already seen in, in uh, the Michigan case with uh, a constitutional lawyer, Matthew DiPerno, okay? And he has already taken everything to the wall and has showed us beyond a shadow of a doubt that not only were the Dominion machines able to connect to the internet, but that they were also able to be remotely controlled and accessed, okay? Matthew DiPerno showed this evidence and has made statements to the fact Okay, but this is what Dominion is resting their laurels on. And they and their fight, they keep saying, and this is the number one hinge here, the Dominion machines are not able to be connected to the internet. Already proven false by Matthew DiPerno and his uh, investigation during his case against 
um, uh, the Antrim County um, Board of Election people and and the way that they handled the uh, the elections in Michigan. Okay, this has already been proven to be false. The only reason why it has not been proven into evidence is because the judge in Antrim County dismissed the entire case based on the based on the ruling that he could not satisfy the defendant okay he could not sa- or he could not satisfy the plaintiff and since he could not satisfy him why even attempt to try the case like how are you going to satisfy someone who's complaining against uh election officials is is the is the wash of hands uh, um, fake ruling of the judge in Michigan, okay? And that's the only reason why it has not been submitted to evidence, and that's the only reason why no one else has been able to take that up as precedence in other states because of the judge in Michigan making this bunk ruling on all of the evidence was a wash based on some technicality, you know, uh, that basically overtook, in his opinion and in the opinion of everyone else uh, there, that it meant nothing. He didn't even review the evidence. He said, he said, even if the evidence is true, uh, you know, the court finds that we cannot satisfy the plaintiff. Uh, so uh, we're just going to dismiss the case. Okay. All right. So that's, that's where Dominion stands. And because Dominion stands on this and they've countersued the likes of Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and Rudy Giuliani and beyond, you know, uh, cause there's more, um, uh, they're they're going to move forward with trying with trying to invoke sanctions on Sidney Powell in other states aside from Michigan. Okay, aside from Michigan, the Michigan court uh, court again, as I said, they also referred the attorneys to disciplinary boards in Michigan and the states where they're licensed for investigation and possible suspension of disbarment which means in addition to Powell and three Michigan attorneys, the state leadership has already filed complaints against an additional five attorneys that were behind this lawsuit, including prominent right wing, according to this article, attorney Lynn Wood. Oh, let's not forget about Lynn Wood, who will also face potential disbarment, even though his license was suspended in his home state. Okay. Um, a spokesperson for the state bar of Texas um, uh, could not confirm pending disciplinary matters against this particular person. And uh, also Powell has not made any comment on that. But with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, and also with the persecution that we've seen of Sidney Powell, um, it just so happens, ladies and gentlemen, that she was, um, she was engaged in a recent interview. Stop me if you've seen this one before, ladies and gentlemen, but you can't because we're going to play it here right now where Sidney Powell was uh, being interviewed. Basically, basically, this was a, um, this was a, 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 it was a disgusting interview, to say the least. It, it was very much framed to make Sidney Powell look a certain way. It was very much cut by the producers and the film directors to make Sidney Powell look a certain way. And indeed, if you read all of the articles that have come out about Sidney Powell since, uh, since uh, um, the judge authorized Dominion to move forward with their case against her. Um, it's all about her being a right-wing nut job. It's all about her having frivolous lawsuits. It's all about her having no evidence. It's all about her grandstanding and just basically trying to make a name for themselves. So um, anyways, uh, this was an interview that was conducted this week with Sidney Powell and ABC News Australia this draconian government 
that has been totally taken over by the globalists and uh, control everything there, as we've seen from the recent stories coming out of them. I mean, the police are beholden to them and the media are beholden to them. We'll show you some examples of the police if you haven't seen them tomorrow here on the Sea Report. Uh, but otherwise, let's take a look at how their media treats America first patriots that want nothing more than freedom for the people of this country and by virtue of that also for the people of the world. Ask you a basic question. Do facts matter? Yes, they do. I hope we get to them one of these days as to what really happened in our election and all the people who are responsible for it. How did you come to be involved in the in the election effort post the election? I wish I knew. <laughs> it was like this huge uh, tsunami hit us. I was in the area at the time. I had uh, worked with Mr. Giuliani for a few days before on another matter. And the next thing I know, I'm smack in the middle of it. And people are pouring in with offers of help and wanting to investigate, wanting to give us affidavits, wanting to tell what they saw happen in their specific areas. And lawyers all over the country came to the rescue uh, in local areas and, and in Washington. Did you already have a relationship with President Trump? Yes, I did have a relationship with President Trump. I knew Rudy Giuliani. I knew essentially everybody that was in the middle of all of it. Um, what was your relationship with Trump? Did he trust you? I believe he did trust me. Based on what? Um, I don't really know how to describe that other than conversations that we had had that for obvious reasons I can't discuss. Mm. And had you been much in the Oval Office? Y yes, I've been there a number of times. So the election is technically over. You're in the Oval Office with the president. What did that feel like? Yeah, that time. I would say it was one of great concern because most of us there knew something very wrong had happened. It was obvious to me from the mathematical and statistical impossibilities that occurred the night of our election. I already had some knowledge of the ability of voting machines to be tampered with. Let's get a few simple facts straight. In how many states were Smartmatic machines and software used in the 2020 election? I don't even know the exact numbers. After all your involvement? Well, the focus was on the six key swing states, places where voting had stopped being counted the night of the election. But you were making some um, uh, big statements, very dramatic critical statements about Smartmatic, you must have known what their involvement was in the election. Well, I know that Smartmatic and Dominion were essentially inextricably intertwined 
and had done business together for a long time. Let's leave the history. Just in terms of the 2020 election, what was Smartmatic's involvement? Oh, you'd have to go look at our complaint against with, res with respect to the four states that we filed legal complaints in to get the details of that. A Google search would tell you, let alone anything that Smartmatic themselves have said subsequently, that they were involved in one single county in L.A., are you saying you're not aware of that? Well, I'm saying I think their involvement's probably a lot bigger than that. But their machines were used in one county. You're aware of that? Well, their machines might have been used one place, but their software could very well have been used other places. You claimed on Fox that Smartmatic shifted votes from Trump to Biden in multiple battleground states. That was your argument, wasn't it? That there was an algorithm run in the machines via the software that shaved votes from Trump and gave those to Biden. What actual research or fact-checking did you do at the time to find out what Smartmatic's actual involvement in the election was? Do you work for Smartmatic? You've made an allegation against Smartmatic that they stole a presidential election. I think it's incumbent on both of us to know what Smartmatic's involvement was. It seems like a pretty foundational fact. I mean, I'm confused right now about why you're here. Because you made a series of very strong allegations against Smartmatic and against Dominion, containing many errors of fact. Do you accept the fact now that the company that you accused of stealing a national election only operated in one county in L.A., in California? One county, one state. No, I'm not prepared to accept that fact. I think Smartmatic's involvement was far more significant than that. Do I think they're trying to minimize their involvement? Of course I do. You said that Smartmatic owns Dominion. How do you justify such a basic factual error? I'm going to stop this interview. It's wholly inappropriate in the litigation that we're in. But we're not even in the area of great dispute. These are the simple facts no. of who owns what. No, we're done. Sorry. These are facts. When we are in litigation against me personally, I, I understand that. But we're billions. Yes, I understand that these are very serious so, allegations. Thank you very much. But these are also very basic facts that no, we're dealing with. We're off. We're done. I'm highly skeptical of how long this is going to last. Okay. I appreciate you coming back. Yeah, well, I'm volunteering my time here, mm. and I didn't come here to be accused of anything. Rudy Giuliani has had his license suspended and is likely to lose his law license because of the way he misrepresented facts um, in the cases he was involved in. Do you anticipate that you will meet the same end? Heavens no, and Rudy Giuliani shouldn't have met that end either. Despite the fact the that standard he, that they held him to there is absolutely preposterous. Rudy Giuliani misrepresented the facts and lied about a whole series of details related to the 2020 election. That's why he's lost his license. I disagree completely. Lawyers get things wrong. Lawyers occasionally misrepresent things. The only thing I know that Rudy misstated was something about whether a fraud case had been filed or not. We had filed fraud cases. No, he claimed, he hadn't. amongst many other things, that people who were dead had voted. They hadn't. He misrepresented the numbers of people who had voted in Michigan. He claimed Again, again, this woman is presenting facts. 
And it was found out in the state of Michigan that indeed dead voters did vote and uh, they cleaned out those voter rolls. Poor Sydney. People were on the roll who were dead. All of those people turned out to be, they all turned out to be legitimate votes. It's a very I don't long know. They've been cleaning off voter rolls right and left. They've taken tens of thousands of people off voter rolls after the election, people who shouldn't have voted before the election. There's a lot of track covering going on out there in the various states because of what happened in this election, and they know they were wrong. So in the end, it's you and Rudy Giuliani against the system, isn't it? I wouldn't. No, there are a lot more people involved than me and Rudy Giuliani. What do you have in your case? You have a bunch of dodgy affidavits that don't add up. You have um, a group of people with uh, dubious credentials. That's your characterization. That's all your characterization. So far, you've provided no evidence. You might as well be working for Dominion and Smart Matter. I'm just waiting for you to provide the evidence. Yeah, well, you'll see it in court. Thank you. Dang. Yes, I know. That's the kind of thing that makes our blood boil. I know my blood was boiling. I was like, hit her. I was like, hit her, Sydney, hit her. Just kidding. I mean, obviously, uh, we have to be more refined and civilized and diplomatic than that, guys, because uh, we're playing the long game here. And they will continue to do these types of antics towards us. And we, unlike uh, Michael Obama, have to take the high road, okay? We have to take the high road. And, uh, you know, you want to smack down. You see the frustration that rides in their face. But again, this is something we have to do. Is it something that we want to do? No. Would we much rather just, you know, pop them in the face? You know, like, uh, you know, like, I'm going to give you a fresh one. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it feels like when we have so much evidence coming out left and right from Georgia, from Pennsylvania, from Michigan, from Wisconsin, from Arizona, when everything is coming out right now, like she said, you might as well be working for Dominion and Smartmatic. But again, this was an Australian reporter where they're totally bought out and subjugated and they do it 100 percent, 100 percent. They're down with it. Right. The, the Australians are down with it. OK, so, so, so frustrating. Uh, and you can't even imagine how frustrating it is for someone like Sidney Powell. OK, and, and for those who have been in this from the jump who dove right in without question because they recognized it. But like she said, and just as Just V said in the chat, discovery. And now this is the main reason why they did not want most of this to move forward because they knew once they went through the discovery session, you know, like uh, they, they, they knew once they went through the discovery session that all of that would have to be submitted into evidence, you know, and then they would have to look at, uh, they would have to look at, all of the stuff that they're throwing out there at them, all of the uh, all of the data, all of the information, all of the affidavits. Um, so this is actually kind of what we want. We want domain, and, and right now, what I think is domain is really still calling their bluff and hoping that they will concede or hoping that they will settle or something like that. But like she said, you will see it in court, and uh, that is a good question. 
Why did Sidney Powell accept this interview? Why would she accept an interview like this? You know, um, um, and you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe she thought uh, she thought an international audience would have a different perspective on the viewpoint of most international audience about what happened in America in 2020. And that was that we had an outright theft of our elections, third world country style, communist country style. And, and maybe she thought that they would acknowledge that out there. But uh, it's the crown colony of Australia. You know, they're subjugated to a lot of uh, terrible things. Uh, uh, the people of Australia by their government, as we're seeing now and to this point. Um, but yeah, I can see a lot of you guys had a lot of uh, good questions out there. I mean, again, under penalty of perjury, these dodgy affidavits, like that woman, it was a total hit piece. Like you guys said, a total hit piece against Sidney Powell, her character and her case. And she was very smart to ask her if she worked, uh, if the interviewer worked for Smartmatic or worked for, uh, or worked for Dominion, because she might as well have been. She might as well have been. And that's what these interviewers do who work for these uh, deep state, fake news, lamestream legacy media outlets. They paint their own portrait and they try and lead and they try and they uh, definitely uh, vouch out uh, misinformation. And, and, and uh, I, I guess that's what you call gaslighting, right? But anyways, uh, to wrap up this little uh, conversation about the uh, 2020 presidential election and election integrity, while I was digging into this story, I found another interesting story that is related, uh, but probably bears no importance upon a lot of people. But I thought it was a very interesting story, and I'm going to share it with you guys now. And uh, that story actually involved um, a lawsuit by uh, Dominion against against one of the members of the America First uh, Independent Patriot uh, um, uh, reporters, content creators out there. Uh, and that involved uh, one uh, individual by the name of Tori Morris, who is actually the host of the, um, um, I guess, the broadcast Tori Says. Uh, I know some of you guys out there have heard about Tori Says, uh, but I thought this was interesting because I, I did not know this existed. Um, but apparently Dominion has a lawsuit against um, um, uh, Tori Morris of Tori Says, and they quote her to be Sidney Powell's, uh, Sidney Powell's secret intelligence contractor, uh, because apparently Tori Morris of Tori Says sued Dominion for $3.4 billion. Um, and uh, the, now this is tied up in litigation. So I was like, oh, this is an interesting story. I was like, uh, we got a content creator out there who's actually uh, suing Dominion. Uh, that is uh, one Tori Morris or uh, of uh, torysays.com. And uh, I don't know how or where um, uh, this article um, understood that uh, Tori Morris of Tori Says is Sidney Powell's secret intelligence contractor. Um, I, I do know that uh, Tori Morris does also run in the same circles as Patrick Byrne, but uh, Sidney Powell, I was not aware, was one of those individuals. According to this article from Gizmodo, uh, I don't trust Gizmodo, but uh, apparently they're putting a hit piece out on uh, one of the content creators that uh, is pro-Trump, uh, pro-audit, uh, um, and also America First, um, I, I consider her to be amongst the family with all of us content creators um, who are pro-Trump, uh, pro-America First, and pro-audit and the likes, anti-communist. 
According to this article, um, it says one of Sidney Powell's conspiracy promoting pals deserves a fat paycheck at least according to Tori Morris, um, because apparently she is the star expert for Powell's election fraud argument before the Supreme Court, uh, which I had no idea was an existing uh, uh, theory. Um, and a supposed former intelligence contractor, okay, I know about that, and a self-described uh, trained crypt crypto-linguist. I've heard she's an amateur cryptologist. Um, apparently, oh, also she's a QAnon promoter, um, I, I'm aware of that. And um, she's been touted as a con artist. Um, but I know that those stories uh, mostly have been proven false. Um, and she, this uh, Tory says, has sued Dominion Voting Systems for $3.4 billion, arguing that Dominion did not prove her anonymous affidavit testifying that Dominion's voting machines were vulnerable to tampering um, was actually wrong. So apparently, Tori Morris of ToriSays.com um, filed an affidavit um, wherein she gave information about um, the vulnerability of Dominion's voting machines. And I, I guess according to this article, it was ignored or they did not uh, contradict that. And in lieu of that, she's suing them. <laughs> I, it's very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is this is again, I guess, on a penalty of perjury. Uh, penalty of perjury. I mean, uh, even if it's not true, she's still putting her neck on the line, at least is what I would say. Now, according to the Washington Compost, uh, the Washington Compost identified Tory um, by her preceding blog posts, which mirrored her affidavit. In December 2020, the, tort, uh, the court tossed aside findings by her and former Trump attorney Sidney Powell um, um, and other supposed experts stating that they reach implausible conclusions, often because they are derived from wholly unreliable sources. In Dominion's libel lawsuit against Powell, it claims that Powell hadn't even spoken to Morris before throwing up her testimony as fact which Morris confirmed to the Washington Compost. Now, um, Tory Morris's lawsuit accuses Dominion of slander because it cannot disprove that her conspiracy theories, according to Gizmodo, um, and uh, listing her in a $1.3 billion lawsuit against Powell. So apparently the Dominion lawsuit against Sidney Powell includes Tory Morris of Tory Says for $1.3 billion dollars and they include Tory Morris of Tory Says as Sidney Powell's crew member in a wholly unreliable source. Um, the most uh, mostly inscrutable affidavit includes photographs of math equations and speculates about the involvement of George Soros and Chinese hardware manufacturers. Uh, Morris also admits that she can't prove any manipulation. Uh, um, they proved ma they manipulated anything because of trapdoor key holders, um, and they can um, they can only offer you enough verification uh, to be sure that without revealing anything, and once again indicate that uh, they cannot be manipulated. Now, again, this all goes back to the fact that Dominion states over and over and over again that their machines cannot be accessed by the internet, which has already been disproven by um, uh, Matthew DiPerno, constitutional lawyer, in his case against Antrim County. 
already been disproven. Okay, and we will we will again see what other states around the country will show as we start to dive into forensic audits of each state. Uh, so I found this was, or this, I thought this was just uh, worthy of noting uh, that the that uh, Tory says is actually involved in litigation against Dominion, and there's uh, countersuits flying off the handle. Again, here it says that uh, uh, Morris goes on to claim that Dominion's doubt, uh, Dominion's doubt her credibility, and it's buried in a 124-page complaint, and it has directly disposed her to the most extreme hatred and contempt, and has harmed plaintiff's op- uh, professional reputation and her credibility. Um, a, a pretty interesting story there, if you ask me. Um, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency as well as various high-level Trump appointees agreed that no evidence pointed to Dominion altering ballots, okay? Dominion has noted that it only counts ballots and that its machines are not connected to the internet, therefore making it impossible for anyone to watch or meddle with vote counting in real time. And, you know, to that point, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about the things that we bore witness to and the ideas and theories and other elements that were coming out at us, specifically between the presidential election and, um, you know, maybe a couple of months outward, uh, where we're looking at uh, images of like the um, the cable connections and the transmissions uh, from America to Germany and to Spain, and uh, we're talking about uh, the um, the servers that were uh, housing these uh, this information and the data about the election uh, elections in 2020, and and we learned about how companies like Seidel um, not only uh, received that information and that data in their servers in Spain, but then was transmitted back to the Americas in real time to tell the people how the counties in each state voted. Okay, that's the data. That's the hard stuff that we as Americans are looking for in the court of law, right? And and that's another reason why I think a lot of individuals out there were disappointed with Mike Lindell's cybersecurity symposium because we, I mean, I would have been expecting him to show all of the data streams, all of that stuff uh, being transmitted from America to Germany and to Spain where their offices were and then being shot back to us uh, so that uh, news agencies and media houses could then relay that information to the American people in regards to their own elections You know, we're talking about the CIA and Gina Haspel in Germany, all of this information, guys, all of this stuff that we have been privy to, uh, we're expecting to see in discovery, we're expecting to see in litigation, we're expecting to see it all come out. But yet, we're still finding that we have to wait for that to show its face. Uh, um, But at the same time, you know, um, like uh, like Sidney Powell told that uh, shill reporter, you will hear that evidence in court. And I'm sorry to have to say it, but we appear to have to wait for this. Um, um, And uh, this is uh, this is, again, part of the long game because we're not taking this kinetic. Uh, we have to be able to say uh, that um, that uh, um, it, it the proof will will bear itself in the long run, and until then, we as uh, we as the American people, as the sovereign people of this nation, need to do our own due diligence, uh, and we need to be active, and we need to be out there, and we need to be vocal. 
um, and let our legislatures and our elected officials know where we stand on the situation. And when they go against the grain, hold them to task. Uh, because ultimately, it is the will of the people that is um, that is um, expressed through our activity and involvement with these elected officials that gives them a platform to stand on to move forward. So if we cannot express or vocalize our will, our desire, our opinion on these matters to our elected officials, then they don't have a leg to stand on and um, lawsuits like we see with Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, and uh, even now, as we're seeing with Tory Says, will fall through the wayside. Um, but uh, I just thought it was interesting uh, because um, I don't even see people like Alex Jones involved in litigation with Dominion and otherwise in regards to election integrity and saving our country. Um, the only uh, lawsuits I saw him involved in were uh, the ones where he was uh, being called to task and uh, buckling under as entertainment news against, uh, what was that school over there in uh, New Hampshire or Vermont? Uh, anyways, let's move on to our next story, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be running late today. I don't even want to look at the chat right now because there's no telling what I will find. Uh, but let's go on to the California recall. Um, some news coming up there. Now, apparently, uh, there is a poll that was been taken by the Public Policy Institute of California that actually found that 50% of Californians are likely to oppose the recall against Gavin Gruesome Newscom. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting, and I kind of wondered why. Uh, indeed, um, an article recently published by Politico reported that uh, Gavin Gruesome Newsom uh, said that uh, if they vote to recall him in the Golden State, more people will die if he's recalled. And I don't think it, it was that poll per se that uh, gouged this percentage. Uh, I don't think it was that statement per se that gouged this polling's percentage rate in the likeliness of Gavin Newsom Grusom being recalled. In fact, perhaps it had to do more with this man. Oh, wait, wrong button. This man. Ah, if it isn't old Georgie boy himself. A new report finds that George Soros has donated yet another $500,000 to one Governor Gavin Grusom Newscom in California in the fight to keep him from being recalled. In fact, old Georgie boy has donated a total of $1 million to the uh, Save Gavin Grusom Newscom from Recall campaign. Uh, the article here from Breitbart said that billionaire left-wing donor George Soros gave $500,000 to uh, Gruesome's campaign to stop the California recall, uh, again, bringing that total to $1 million. Now, the California Secretary of Snake's office reported three separate large contributions from Soros. Uh, he donated $250,000 in June to a committee called Stop the Republican Recall of Gavin Newsom and another $250,000 in early August. And the most recent donation, again, was $500,000 before the end of August. 
the Hill reports that major Democrat donors, including unions, are pouring cash into the battle to keep Newsom in office as he faces an increasingly strong challenge from conservative uh, talk show radio host Larry Elder. Okay. Um, now, there were other reports coming out at this time. Uh, reports filed with the California Secretary of State's office show that the Democratic uh, Governors Association, Democratic Governors Association, of course, if you live in America, everyone is Democratic, right? Let's, let's say that properly. The Democrat Governors Association has given Newsom's committee $5 million since the beginning of August, including another $1 million infusion this past Tuesday. At the same time, unions that wield enormous power in California, uh, such as uh, the State uh, Conference of Carpenters to the Service Employees International Union and the International Union of Firefighters, as well as the Native American tribes, have contributed $1 million in recent weeks to save Gavin Gruesome Newsom's butt from recall. Um, Newsom's top donor, though, remains Netflix CEO, co-CEO, Reed Hastings. He's the top individual donor, um, and uh, he is a Republican businessman, uh, another rhino, right? Um, oh, wait, 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 I take it back. I take it back. He's the top donor in Gavin Newsom Gruesome's campaign, this uh, Reed Hastings of Netflix. Um, the top individual donor is a Republican businessman. Okay, so a Republican businessman is the top individual donor. And that is a businessman by the name of John Cox. And he has given nearly uh, $9 million to his own campaign. Wait, that makes no sense. Uh, what, what, what is the syntax of this... Uh, this, uh, <laughs> what is the syntax of this story here? Okay. Um, okay. In an unrelated story, Republican candidate for governor <laughs> in the California recall elections is John Cox, who has donated $9 million of his own money to his own campaign. Okay. We got that worked out. Okay. Newsom's top donor remains Reed Hastings, co-CEO of Netflix. I don't know why that point was relevant. Uh, but anyways, um, under California law, in case any of you guys are wondering how these people can donate such high amounts of money, under uh, California law, incumbents are not subject to the same campaign financing restrictions as a challenger is in a recall election. Okay, I spit that out. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. The time is getting late. Okay, we have one more story coming out of California uh, before we uh, we move along with uh, today's report. And uh, we only got, it looks like we only got like, uh, we only got one more, two more stories coming out of this tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, hang tight and we're gonna, we're gonna push on through this. Uh, let me see what we got here. The next uh, story I have for you guys is also out of California, like I said. Now, this involves the California Supreme Court. The California Supreme Court. Uh, interesting enough, ladies and gentlemen, we were talking about the death penalty a little bit earlier on in the show and uh, how we feel that some of these treasonous, um, you know, SOBs uh, should uh, go uh, by way of their uh, actions. Now, the California Supreme Court rejected a bid to overhaul the death penalty in the Golden State. 
Um, so uh, here again, we see that uh, this past Thursday, the California Supreme Court upheld the state's current death penalty law and dismissed an attempt to make it harder to impose the sentence. So that's, you know, that's interesting considering the fact that uh, so many people tout California as a deep blue state. Under the current system, jurors do not need to unanimously agree on specific aggregating factors used to justify handing an individual a death sentence. Uh, so again, the court upheld the longstanding practice in a seven to zero decision Justice Godwin Liu said on behalf of the unanimous court, we have previously held that jury unanimity on the existence of aggravating circumstances is not required under the state constitution. Um, he also wrote that the death penalty might be fairer if the state did make changes, noting that the state attorney's general office also agreed to such a requirement and said would it would improve our system of capital punishment and make it even more reliable and uh, the state lawmakers should consider that change nevertheless to date our legislature and electorate have not imposed such requirements he said now the court ruled that there was no legal support for overhauling the death penalty law and in doing so could have undermined the death sentence of California's nearly 700 condemned prisoners. While there is currently a moratorium on the death penalty because of one Governor Gavin Grusom Newscomb, it will only last as long as he is in office. So uh, once uh, Gavin Grusom Newscomb is um, uh, um, recalled, uh, then uh, the death penalty will exit its moratorium stage. And I guess, uh, you know, uh, uh, things will continue to flow in California prisons, um, uh, to say it euphemistically. Um, now, Criminal Justice League Foundation legal director uh, Kent uh, Scheidegger, um, he welcomed the unanimous decision from the state's highest court and found that the ruling would have a devastating impact on hundreds of well-deserved judgments for horrible crimes. But again, Gavin Grusom Newscomb, um, in a statement uh, by a Democrat that... Um, well, I should say he is. Uh, uh, he he called for changes to be made and how the de death penalty is enforced. Argued that the system discriminated against Black and Latino defendants. So that is Gavin Grusom Newscomb's uh, stance on the death penalty in um, California. So I guess uh, you know um, he, you can't have a death penalty because it is racist, according to. Uh, Democrat Gavin Grusom Newscomb, um, a spokesperson for Newscomb, said the court missed an opportunity to fix one of the many flaws in California's death penalties um, and uh, executions. They are irreversible and the process discriminates not only on race, but against those who are poor and mentally ill, according to um, this spokesperson for Gavin Grusom Newscomb, which I would say uh, maybe that has nothing to do with the penalties uh, for the crimes they commit, but maybe the uh, lawyers, you know, it, it, uh, maybe they're the ones who are at fault, or maybe the judges, right, who are all bought and sold and paid off are the ones who are uh, who, who need the opportunity to fix the law system in California. Maybe the death penalty stands as it is. I'm pretty sure that the death penalty in the state of California does not say, uh, be ye black or be ye Mexican, ye shall suffer the death penalty. I'm pretty sure it doesn't say that. Or be ye poor 
or, or you know, be of a, of, a, of a race that is a minority, I'm pretty sure it has to do with the judge's rulings. And I'm pretty sure it has to do with the lawyers and the way they play their case and the way they form their juries. Uh, does, it, does it not make any sense to me how a death penalty can be racist when we are all equal in death? Isn't that true, ladies and gentlemen of the jury? Anyways, um, only 13 prisoners on death row have been executed since 1992, and the state has not executed anyone since 2006, because there's a moratorium on the uh, death penalty there in California. According to a nationwide poll from Pew Research Center released in June, 60% of the 5,109 American adults who participated uh, backed the death penalty as a punishment for murder, with 27% in strong favor, approximately 39% of participants said they opposed the death penalty, including 15% in strong opposition. But of course, President 45, President Donald Trump, our 45th president, repeatedly expressed support for capital punishment and restarted the practice at the federal level last year after a 17-year hiatus, much to the chagrin of all the treasonous Marxist, communist, socialists, globalist sympathizers and rhinos running around in our house of legislation, Trump argued that executions serve as an effective deterrent and an appropriate punishment for some crimes, including mass shootings and the killing of police officers and high treason. President Joe Biden, of course, is the first sitting United States president to openly oppose the death penalty. And uh, last month, the Justice Department announced it is pausing federal executions while pending review of its policies and procedures. Good job, illegitimate joke. I guess justice shall not be served, as we've seen to a point, and it shall continue to be obstructed and uh, defiled moving forward until you are removed for impeachment. But we'll take it any way we can. Last story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, has to deal with school mask mandates in schools regarding uh, COVID-19. Now, um, in uh, this recent story, um, we had a judge in Florida strike down the ban of masks uh, or the mask mandate in the state of Florida that was issued by Governor Ron DeSantis. And again, uh, this targeted local school districts. Now, a judge strikes it down in the state of Florida. It was a judge by the name of John Cooper. There he is, blurredly, blurredly appearing on our screen. Now, this Tallahassee-based judge, John Cooper, who was elected to his position in 2002, ruled that uh, Ron DeSantis and the Florida School uh, Board of Education's actions against mask mandates for children don't have legal authority and are arbitrary. Okay, that was his ruling. Uh, he said, I conclude that this evidence demonstrates that face mask policies that follow CDC guidance are at this point in time reasonable and consistent with the best scientific and medical and public opinion guidance. He said, I am enforcing the bill passed by the legislature and requiring that anyone who uses that bill has to follow all of the provisions, not some of the provisions. Okay, so clearly uh, uh, Governor DeSantis is trying to stand up for the parents' right to decide as well as for the sovereign freedom of decision that we are bestowed, that is bestowed upon us as, you know, free moral agents in his home state. 
Uh, DeSantis argued that his order would grant parents the sole authority to decide whether their children wear a mask or not in school. Now, again, uh, Judge Cooper said that while the governor and others have argued that a new Florida law gives parents the ultimate authority to oversee health issues for the children, it also exempts gov government actions that are needed to protect public health and are reasonable and are limited in scope. So again, here what we're seeing, ladies and gentlemen, is as long as the government can use the agents of fear to push their story and their narrative, they're like, well, you know, uh, Governor DeSantis doing that does give parents the authority to have the right to decide, but it takes away our right to protect the public against the Delta variant and other, you know, evil COVID uh, cousins that are going to come out of the woodwork. So just like the war on terror, we have COVID-19 and, uh, you know, the pandemic that they can use as a muzzle of fear to force their will against the people's will. And that's the, that's the game that we're seeing playing out here right now, ladies and gentlemen. I've already lost all my hair over all of these debates and debacles that we're seeing happening. Um, and they're coming out more and more and more. And I'm finding as we move forward more and more and more, we are seeing more of these, uh, these, these ne'er dwellers, these people who would try and take away our rights and our liberties. They're coming out harder and harder and harder. And it's to be expected for a fact. You know, as time is moving much faster, uh, regardless of whether or not we can slow it down in our minds, as time is moving faster, we're seeing them having to pull their punches harder. And, and that, to me, would say that their time is so limited that they're, they're trying to take it down as quick as they can. But what they don't realize is that in doing that, that in showing their hand as fast and as hard as they are, they are showing to us who they really are. And they are showing to us all of the veins and they're showing to us all of the routes and all of the tweaks in the spider web of what they are planning. And we can see it all now flourishing before our eyes like we've never seen it before. And we can see how deep it all goes. And we can see how the federal and the judicial can have absolute influence and control over the local level. Okay, because it goes all the way down to the local with a with a poisoned judiciary. Okay, America cannot survive with a poisonous and treasonous judiciary, which is what we are seeing. You know, that is the that is the root right there. I mean, it's it's it almost wants me to get up on my high horse and soapbox, just like I did with the Federal Reserve as being one of the roots as the funder, the credit card for all of this treason. We're seeing that the judiciary down to the local level is poisoned, is spoiled, is rotten to the core and totally beholden to the masters and the, the puppet handlers that have taken over the federal. Okay. And they did this with money and power and influence. And uh, not only are they showing us their intentions and how they do it down to the local level, they're also showing us exactly, uh, exactly how weak they are in regards to their own integrity for humanity and their own selves, honestly, uh, quite honestly. Now, uh, uh, Governor DeSantis dismissed the masking recommendations of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as not being applicable to Florida. And again, this Judge Cooper cited numerous Florida laws and statutes covering health care in nursing homes, prisons, and elsewhere that say state decision makers should give great weight to the CDC guidelines, who even the Supreme Court recently ruled had no right to impose um, eviction moratoriums on 
property owners and landlords, uh, but somehow yet they still have uh, constitutional authority over individuals in regards to uh, personal freedom, such as uh, the choice or not whether to wear a mask or to receive a vaccination. And that fight is probably going to come to a head pretty soon, ladies and gentlemen, pretty soon. Um, at the same time, parents who don't agree with mandatory mask mandates in schools will likely file lawsuits on their own, is what DeSantis says. That is his recant to what this judge has said. He's saying, well, look, you know, this is a decision I made, and you're going to side with the CDC and force schools to do it. So parents will probably file lawsuits. Well, that brings up another interesting point in this argument, ladies and gentlemen. And again, like I said, this is the last story for tonight. Thank you for hanging on. Uh, but we have some news coming out of the state of New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to make sure I squeeze this story in tonight since these mask mandates are a very troubling and involving issue. Uh, we're seeing it even here in my state in Texas, uh, where we have our attorney general suing you know, uh, to ensure that these schools cannot impose these mask mandates, but the the cowards of the uh, Texas independent school districts uh, are finding that they want to side with the zombification and they want to go ahead and impose mandates against the parents' will in our state. So this is this is definitely. Um, definitely an issue out there, you know, where, where we need to pray for discernment for the, the people to wake up. Uh, it is also important that we share these stories. Now, um, from New Hampshire, we have the Government Integrity Project. And we've talked about the Government Integrity Project here at the Sea Report. When we talked to you about the genuine fraud that took place of the 2020 presidential elections up there in New Hampshire in the township of Wyndham. Okay. Now, the township of Wyndham was uh, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, they had one of the groups in the Government Integrity Project that really rode hard on getting um, election integrity in the state of New Hampshire and getting an audit to happen. They were writing the governor's tale. They were writing everyone's tale. The, the Government Integrity Project has been at the forefront of, of uh, you know, uh, holding the government accountable in the state of New Hampshire. Now, according to the Government Integrity Project, they have uncovered that there are laws that give parents legal authority to mandate their wishes and decisions and to ensure that they are implemented over the draconian overreach of such entities as school boards. Okay, because we've seen it time and again, and now we're seeing it a lot coming out, that uh, the parents are pissed off. Uh, and if it's not about mask mandates and vaccine mandates, it's about Antifa teaching our children, but the parents are coming out of the closet, and they're waking up, and they're activating, and they're getting into the public arena in regards to their disagreements with the way that the school boards are treating and directing our children. All I can say is parents of America, God bless you for finally waking up and doing something about this. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's not to say that I shouldn't be there either, even though I have no child. But uh, let's take a look at this story from the Integrity Project. Again, this is coming out of New Hampshire. Um, apparently, uh, um, apparently with 
discovered laws. I should say discovered, uncovered, because these laws are on the books, but uh, no one knew they existed apparently until about a day or two ago. Okay, and and that is to say that school boards do not have the um, sole authority or the final word on what goes into uh, a child's education. It is actually the parents' authority. Um, now, again, uh, this this uh, newfound power is not limited to just mask policies. It's about anything that parents decide that they want to take action on in regards to what is going on with their children. Parents can take decision making control into their own hands on any issue at any time. And again, this is why it pays to know your uh, your laws and, and even your amended rules in your own uh, respective state legislature, uh, and and again should be a lesson against uh, uh, against neglecting uh, involvement in local community, um, you know, uh, laws and rules. Like this is a great example. We we would never had to have dealt with this if we had been uh, um, aware of this information and involved. Right now, according to this article, parents have authority to take control of their school boards regarding any issue according to something called RSA 197-2, okay? Uh, and also uh, uh, RSA 195-13, okay? Now, this is in regards to where voters can vote, parents and constituents can vote to override the school board, okay? Now, RSA 197-2 uh, is uh, in regards to single-town school districts, right? The rules and regulations for that. And RSA 195.13 is in regards to cooperative school districts and the rules and regulations for how you do that, how you as a voter override the school board, okay? Um, there are two sample petitions uh, that are written to empower parents and guardians with the authority to decide whether or not their children will wear masks in school. Okay, so I found this to be very interesting. Okay, and I'm sure some of you guys have heard about this. And I'm sure some of you all have, uh, you know, shared this information to others. Um, uh, basically, uh, there are a couple of points to this. I'm not going to go through all of the fine print, uh, but it says that what you want to do with these uh these uh these rulings uh, they're actually amendments um okay uh you obtain at least 10 percent or more signatures than required by law in case some of the ones you collect are invalid so basically you do a petition enough parents show up wanting something and they can vote to override the school board or even remove the school board and the school board can't do nothing about this they can't not wave their uh, their finger in your face. Uh, they cannot call on their uh, hired guards to uh, remove you from the meeting. Uh, this is this is actual, um, you know, um, uh, standard operating procedures. Uh, this is actual, like uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, rules of operations uh, that uh, parents can use or utilize uh, to to uh, dismiss these uh, these uh, overbearing um, mandates by school boards uh, to to stifle them from trying to be the power wielder and the controller of the fate of your children uh, just because they say so. And we've seen plenty of examples of school board members acting out of turn and and really just not uh not consenting to the will of the people like they have all the power like who puffed them up with that much pride that they believe that they have the authority to help tell parents how it's going to be 
Okay. Um, um, other suggestions that came from this uh, to try to collect the contact information of those who signed up uh, for the petition so that you can alert them to the date and time when there are special meetings that will be held. And also if the voters approve the warrant article, the school board will be compelled by law to follow the will of the voters. Now here's one very important thing that I have to say about this news article. And again, I haven't listened to anyone else's uh, you know, newscast reports, nothing like that, because uh, if you want to stay focused, you can't look to the left or the right. You got to stay true to what you're doing. So in, in reading this article about this new and unfound power that is granted to parents by RSA 19 whatever and RSA 19 whatever, I had to do my due diligence and research it a little bit because I was like, what the heck does RSA stand for? I've never heard about this. Is this a federal, uh, you know, ruling? Uh, is this something that is only uh, per state? Like, for example, does only the state of New Hampshire have this provision and nobody else? And, and yet uh, the Government Integrity um, Project discovered this and uh, has given hope to the people of New Hampshire. But does it apply to me in Texas? Do we have an RSA 1952 uh, in the state of Texas? Do we have an RSA, uh, you know, a 19713 in the state of Texas? Can I apply this to my home state? Because this is New Hampshire we're talking about. Uh, and as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen... Um, RSA stands for Revised Statutes Annotated. Okay, that is what RSA stands for. And according to Revised Statutes Annotated, 1972 in the state of New Hampshire, uh, you as a voter can, um, can change the school board, um, in single town districts and you as a voter in the state of New Hampshire under revised statute annotated 197 uh 19513 uh, in a cooperative school district can also do such things so um revised statute annotated uh annotations i guess you can say are per state okay they are per state uh, so this is a recourse for the state of New Hampshire. Okay. So the state of New Hampshire can visit RSA uh, 195 and 193 and they can hold their school boards accountable. Uh, so my only recommendation to anyone listening to this broadcast is to look it up in your home state and find out if there are any uh, annotated statutes that have been revised or I should say uh, um, revised statutes that have been annotated in your state uh, bylaws, constitutions, legislature, because uh, it's probably not going to have the same number of RSA 1952 and RSA 19713. It's probably going to be different, but every state does have um, a section of, of uh, annotated revised statutes, okay? I've seen them in Oregon, Oklahoma. Uh, I've seen them in Pennsylvania, Michigan. When I was doing the research for this, it will just take the due diligence on our part to find out which statute might give us this provision in our home state. Uh, but this is not a federal, a federal annotated revised statute uh, that gives every state in this country the ability to challenge the school board by a voter turnout. Uh, but it is in the state of New Hampshire, which does give us hope that it might be the case in the rest of the states in this union. And uh, all it takes is a little bit of legwork and uh, research and uh, and maybe an, uh, maybe a group like the Government Integrity Project of New Hampshire to make this discovery 
but that's 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 uh, that's enough. Uh, that's enough. Uh, that's enough of an encouragement for me to say that uh, everyone who knows this will move forward in such a way as to look that up in their home state and uh, perhaps uh, find the statutory uh, element that allows them to stand up to this. Because you know, guys, if you get a petition going in your location, in your municipality, uh, some some smart-ass lawyer is going to be like, yeah, but what's the statute for that? You don't have finding. Uh, you, don't have, you don't have precedence. You don't have the legal background because they're going to call your bluff they're going to call your bluff. And if we don't know, we have no ammunition against a lying lawyer such as that. And that, my friends, is just the simple fact of the matter. And that also concludes today's C Report. Thank you all for hanging out today. Oh my goodness, what a show this was today here at the Mr. C channels at the Voxel.app over at, uh, over at um, uh, Mr. C TV. Uh, let me let me just dip in real quick and see what is going on here before we say goodbye for the night. I'm gonna release the scratching for you all to uh, for all you all to uh, enjoy. Uh, seems like we still had a talk. I scrolled a little bit up. Um, let's see here. Peeled by the rabbit says, Mr. C, did you say? Did you just say the former first lady is a tyrant? Um, unless the former first lady is, um, um, Michael Obama, which I mean, I guess if technically Trump is still president, that would be true. Then yeah, Michelle O, Michael O is a tyrant. Why not? Um, good someone, where did we go? Where did we go? Where did we go? Ah, good. Someone just posted a quote from Kissinger. Um, wow. So evil, mandatory vaccinations, um, forced blood and organ donations, genetically modified. Connie Ketchup says, I think I've heard that one before. Um, let's see here. What else we got before we, uh, we uh, head out for the night? Um, let's see. Philly Q still in the house. Um, uh, it posted, oh, oh, we're talking about Telegram page, 2009. Sorry. Yada, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, let's see here. Vinny, uh, 1765, 10% to Joe. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's in reference to. Money to pay for machines, says Rapturetti. Uh, sure, Barry and the Slong threw into the kitty too. Oh, yeah, for Gavin, Gruesome Newscom, probably. Soros just donated a million bucks to him. Newsom is trying to outlaw recalls in California, says Just V. Um, let's see, uh, where did he go? I think I lost everyone on Patrick Byrne, Yavapai Michael, to be honest with you. <laughs> and probably after the story that subsequently followed, um, Zena was here listening. Uh, let's see. And, uh, lawyers are the downfall of this country says just V. I would agree with you. I would definitely agree with you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it was a fun time. Thanks for hanging out and sticking around. And also thank you for the well wishes, the donations and your discussion uh, in the chats about tonight's show. Um, but it's been a fun time. It has been a fun time. Uh, but now we are going to sign out at the C Report. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I believe we'll be doing some international news tomorrow. Um, and, uh, unless something, unless something more pending comes up, it's always America first. Uh, but in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great night and, uh, y'all rest well. Um, you know, be safe. 
Be blessed. And as always, God bless America. We will see you all tomorrow.